What's happening, guys? Episode 63 of Nothing to Lose Podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Joey. And Joey, I think you should take the honors of introducing our guest today. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have a really awesome guest, um, former NFL corner, Terrell Chestnut, for the San Diego Chargers. Believe it or not. Say hi. Also known as Todd. <laughs> the LA Chargers now, but <laughs> back in the day, though, yeah, you yeah. You, you played when they were still San Diego, right? Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, so th- this is the podcast. You know, we want to know all about you, and we want to hear your story. Um, but before we cut right in to the heart and soul of who Terrell is, how was your weekend? It was good. It went too fast. Yeah, <laughs> it always yeah. goes too fast, man. But it was good, relaxing. I just chilled with my girl and. Um, yeah, just really that's all we did. Try to stay out the heat, and that was it. Yeah, just relax. So shout out to your girlfriend Annie. <laughs> She's actually the one who uh, brought this collaboration together. So if you're listening, thanks so much. We love tea. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> yeah, I thought she better. <laughs> She's like gonna listen to it. Like the little nib is like, ooh, I did not know about that. And oh, right. I'm right. not sure of how much she doesn't know. I pretty much tell her everything. Um, just to be open. The backbone, right? Yeah, man, gotta have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You guys seem pretty close. Um, b- you know, I I just happen to mention in passing because we uh we we work together. That you know, I have a podcast, blah blah blah. And then the first thing, immediate thing that she was like, "You gotta have tea on. You gotta." And I was like, "Okay, um, you know, like anything in particular." And she was just like, "You've gotta listen to his story. You've gotta hear about his life and what he's done and stuff like that." And you know. All that good stuff. So she hyped you up more than that. Man, listen, she she's she's a good one, dude. I tell you, uh, she'll 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 bend over backwards for anybody, man. And she never wants anything in return. So, you know, I'm just excited to see how far she goes in life, and I'm just I'm blessed to be a part of that. I like that. I like that. That's, that's, that's so nice. Nobody's ever that said that about I'm not me before. Take the hype. Let me go turn it around on her. <laughs> no one's ever. No one's ever said that. Like anything like that about me. Uh, <laughs> Already uh, in Marvin's room so early into the podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> I've honestly never left Marvin's room. But um, so side note, off topic, there was a terrible tragedy this weekend that Tony brought to my attention. Did you hear about the garlic festival in, in oh, L.A.? Oh, man, praise out to them, man. That shooting was ridiculous. Uh, this world got to get better, man. There's just too much hate in here, man. You got to spread love and positivity, man, because all, all, this, all this nonsense just... It doesn't make sense, man. It's just senseless violence, senseless acts. Man, just prayers out to them and the families. Everybody was affected. Did they? Did they ever catch anybody who did that? I mean, there was a like a they, bunch of descriptions. Oh, okay. They, they shot him down. It's within a whole minute. So it was he shot three, and then yeah. they, they police shot him, injured like seventeen or something like that. Jesus Christ, yeah, man! That's ridiculous. At a, at a garlic festival. Yeah, and the way he got into like they had mass security, which is a lot of people. I heard it on the radio. People have gone there in the past, and they said it's more. It was more like a a community event because it was very minimal security, but this time they actually had that cops and everything involved. So they went through security. Instead of him going through security, he went to the side fence, cut the fence open, and went through the fence and just fired. And I think at one point somebody's like, why are you doing this? He's like, I hate the world. And then don't quote me on the hate the world, but he, he did respond when somebody asked him. That's ridiculous. Everybody likes garlic soup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> garlic makes you angst. Like. Just anything small, like you know, it went from the one in Vegas that we all remember a couple yeah, years ridiculous. ago. Like, um, 
at one point we're gonna have to start putting it in the puzzle and see like what's next, what are they gonna hit next? I think that like there's there's really no uh, pattern. Not yet. But you know, you never know. Someone might there might be able to put a pattern to it. Like I don't want to think that way. This is stupid. We gotta protect ourselves and everyone around us. There's no telling. Ain't no telling. Yeah. So um, just like Carell said, you know, thoughts and prayers, all that stuff. Um, that's awful. But let's uh, let's get back to our regular routine. We just wanted to bring that up, letting the world know that we are aware. Um, so we are present. Mr. Chestnut, can can I call you Terrell? Call me whatever you want to call me. Terrell's actually uh, a super cool guy. He joined our softball team for work as well. Um, the guy's a phenomenal athlete. How uh, can he do that? How can you have somebody that doesn't work <laughs> at your work play in your softball team? Because um, number one, we need him. Number two, we need him. And number three... He's a farmer. No, just number three, pretty much. We need him. And he gets whatever she wants. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that's not a lot. <laughs> no joke, though. Um, Terrell actually caught a fly ball with his bare hand. Uh, he, he actually threw the glove that he was wearing on the ground and then just straight up caught it with his bare hands. <laughs> and then at, at the same time, just screaming out, I'm a football player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't catch the ball with love, man. It's, it's, it's tragic. Trying to watch him do that. That was so funny. I'll, I'll never and forget he, that. If he didn't catch it, he was going to say, I'm a football player, too. So he still had an excuse. He would have out of it. I'm a corner. Corner's a wide receiver that can't catch. I'll literally <laughs> never forget. Like, I, I just remember he's setting up to catch the ball, like gloves in the air and all that stuff. And then, like, the ball is maybe 10 feet away from just, like, dropping on him. And he just throws it down, puts his bare hands up, and screams, I'm a football player, and then catches it. And then, like, we're good. Was the empire like, oh. no, I think, I think everybody was like, what? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I had no choice because I had dropped one the game before. Uh -huh, came yeah. right to me. So, yeah, I wasn't trying to relive that. <laughs> My girl, she's brutal, too. She's like, you suck. Like, oh. No, like, we, we absolutely need that. Yeah, we need that, though. Um, so you're, you're not originally from San Diego, though, right? Nah. Where nope. are you from? I'm from Philly. From Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, but the only thing that brought me out here was the Chargers. Uh, I would have never came out to the West Coast ever. Never? So, never. Hmm. Are you well, big? I, I don't, I don't want to say never, but it just was never my plans to move out here uh, growing up. But you so. haven't left. You came hey. out. Hey, I found something out here I like. <laughs> so does Meek Mill have as much respect <laughs> in Philly as he actually says? Oh, he does. Really? Uh, does. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. I mean, especially when, as a fan, when you see where he's come from, yeah. um, from from being a guy that wore black Dickie pants and a white tee with some dookie braids in his head, um, spitting on flamers and, and all types of, uh, uh, you know, videos and just giving, you know, giving everybody that raw stuff mm -hmm. uh, to see where he at now is crazy. So um, just to see that progress of where he came from is just, you know, that's why he's got a lot of respect in the fact that he still reps his hood. Yeah, like like Drake with Toronto doesn't even light a match to like what Meek Mill and Philly have, I swear uh, to God. <laughs> I mean, you see how you see how it lit the city up when the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, uh -huh. um, yeah, that'll probably never happen again. Um, but oh, man, <laughs> <that's> crazy. <laughs> All right, Steeler. Dirty bird. <laughs> oh, you're still a fan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man. Terrible. And, and at that well, point, you guys are not friends. One hundred percent. Y'all thing matches your style. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? you know what? What? Six championships. All right, we oh, we just got God. tied with the Patriots. The Patriots just the tied. Us. Past. <laughs> hey, our, our most recent it's one. 2000, 2000. Wait, don't tell me. Twenty ten, I want to say. Or nineteen. No, it wasn't twenty ten. It was like maybe it was twenty ten. No, mm -hmm. it might have been when y'all beat the uh, 
Who was it? Yeah, Cardinals. Cardinals. So that was like 16? No, 15? no, but I, I swear to God, there, there was one even sooner than that. Mm, let's find out. Let's Google this. I know that there was one in 2006, right? And then 2010 was Super Bowl. All right, 2009. I was about to say 2009. And that was against Cardinals. Okay. Was it Holmes or was it? Oh, yeah, the crazy cast. Was it Santonio Holmes? Yeah. That's what I catch in the corner end zone. All right, whatever. Anyway, as long as it's within a decade, we're still relevant. Anyway, whatever. Um, so you're you're from Philly? Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Uh, childhood wasn't my t- your typical childhood. Uh, it was rough. You know, um, family went through a lot of a lot of tough things, a lot of adverse situations. Um, but my mom had a young, and uh, she had is you know at the time it was my older sister, two my, both my older sisters, my older brothers, and myself. So at the time it was five of us. Uh, very, very abusive father, um, and just put us in a very vicarious situation. He just put us in a bad spot where he was taking things, selling things, and um, in the streets, just doing this all wrong. So it just put my mom in a situation where it was hard for her to try to, you know, be abused by him mentally, you know, emotionally and physically, um, raise kids, and so it was, it was hard. So like I said, my childhood wasn't wasn't your typical one. Uh, we got taken away from my parents, so it was my brothers, uh, me and my brother Ron, and my brother Don, who got taken away and got put in a foster home. They decided to keep the girls from the from the system, just because they was worried about uh, sexual abuse uh, within within the foster system, and um, so they took the boys and you know they kept the girls with my mom and them, and uh, that's how I went. Uh, so growing up in the foster home was a lot different. You didn't know who you know it was a lot different. Well, okay, you just you just <laughs> dropped a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, so foster, like you know, the the state's representatives that monitor foster and like the DA and stuff like that, who made the decision to, you know, take you away from your parents, don't even trust the foster system for young females. Well, that was my uh, that was my mom and them's decision. Uh, so, um, and it, uh, all this information because you know I was young. Yeah, and I was very young. Um, I was maybe and this happened maybe, maybe five. That's know, that's maybe pretty young. Five. I was very young. Um, so I'm going off the information that was given to me from my grandmother, yeah. from my aunt, um, and and everything. So it's you know, like I said, my father was abusive. Uh, he would beat us. I got he beat us in the extension cord, um, for not finding our shoes. He you know beat us for anything. Um, so, uh, in that situation when my dad would leave. Uh, the judge was like, "You had your chance to get your kids to safety and, and go through that." And you know, and my mom did the best she can in a certain in situations where, um, you know, she was getting abused. She's she's in a situation where she can't really help it. She she can go to my mom, say my grandma's house, or she can go to my aunt's house, which we did because in my aunt's house it was her kids and my mom's kids, so it was eleven of us in a two bed, two three bedroom house. So it's it's rough, how, <laughs> you know what I mean. How was the sleeping arrangement? Oh uh, man, I can't even remember, man. I I tell you what, a lot of floor, a lot of like, uh, it, whatever it was, it, 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 we made it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know that's how we're so close with them now. Right. Uh, we we went through the trenches with them, and um, my aunt Donna's kids are they're, they're like another another set of siblings. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, uh, 
my dad put us in a bad situation where it put my mom in a bad situation where the judge thought she was unfit. Yeah, it's real. It was, it was very tough. But like honestly, like she really had nowhere else to go. Ah uh, man, she it, it was she was in a bad spot. Um, she was in a very bad spot, and you know, as a young kid, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know, what I mean, we, you, just, you didn't even go to elementary at this time. Yeah, you um, found yeah, I'm still, yeah, I'm still young. I, yeah. I, I didn't even go to pre-K. Nothing. You know, some uh, my brothers. So you don't even know what normally. Yeah, at all. Yeah. I didn't. So, but I just knew it wasn't right. Right. Um, my siblings, you know, they getting abused. Um, I'm getting abused. My brother's getting abused. So, um, my mom's getting abused. So it's just like how you know at that point is how you see the kids. Um, but again, I'm five years old, yeah. so I didn't know how to internalize any of that. Mm-hmm. Being um, being five and going through all this stuff, it's kind of hard to like you know socialize children while that's going on. So at this time, do you remember having any friends? Uh all I had was my family. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't I don't know if. You know, I was going outside playing with people. Um, you know, I just always know that I was always with my sisters and you know my my family. Um, but again, I was you know five, so you know that's that's a lot of times you're in the house. You don't really go yeah. outside. So you and you said your two brothers, yeah, went into the foster care system. Um, and then going into the foster care system, does that mean you know like you go to like a, a home for boys or? So initially, we went to uh, a group home. Um, it wasn't long, but we wasn't there long at all. Uh, you know, it was me and my, my two brothers. We went to the south, to, to a group home and just waiting for placement. Um, that's from there. That's when I got my first set of chicken pox. Um, Halloween, everything was all cool. And then we finally got adopted. Um, by this family called them, they, they, you know, them the Moses. They took us in. Um, they lived in Willenboro, New Jersey, which was from where we were 30 minutes away. So it wasn't a far transition. But it was different. You know, you wake up to people that you don't know. Yep. You know what I mean? And so um, all I knew was I had my brothers. So if anything, I knew it was going to be all right. Did you ever get used to the the Mosleys? And the Mosleys, yeah. They uh, they was a great family. Um, yeah. you, look at, you look at a lot of people and see their situation in foster care, and it's not always good. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, I, I'm, I, I watched a video the other day. This one kid was in 57 homes. How's that even? How's that even possible? Yeah. Man, it, it's, it's it's sad. It's a cruel world, man. Because a lot of people know that the state's gonna pay you to take care of these kids. Yeah. And you going they're gonna do what they're gonna do, whether they abuse you, whether they, you know, whatever it is. We we went through a good situation. We had a very very good good family that took us in and treated us like they were their own. Did they Did they have their like kids of their own? Yeah, they had they had kids. They uh, Linda and Garrett, uh, our foster foster siblings. They were cool. Um, Linda was real cool. Garrett was cool, uh, even though he, you know, he got in trouble, got in trouble with the law. Um, he, you know, he did things. You know, he, I was young. I was maybe like six, seven years old. I smoked my first first black and mild. It was crazy, <laughs> but um, wait, did you say six or seven years old? Yeah, I was young. Your first first black and mild. Yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't know know what I was doing. I just puffed it and blew it out. You know what I mean? Like a. But, didn't even know if I do it right. Now yeah. Exhale. Exhale. Yeah, it was crazy. It was fun though, man. It was fun. Okay, can I uh let, let me ask you the the Mosleys um were they were they white? They were black. They were black. Okay. They were black. So then do you think that that made um like a more comfortable? Uh, exactly. <laughs> um again at the same time back then you didn't really look at race like that. Okay. I didn't really look at it like, oh, this person's white, they're different. I didn't look at it. I still don't look at it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know the difference, but 
I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, the, the only thing I'm thinking of right now is like, you know, um, a kid who's like five and their whole five year life, right? They've, you know, been around people who look like them. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, against their will and against their choice, they get placed in a home with people who don't look like them. I was mm -hmm. just wondering if there was like a like a break in like the psyche, you know, because like for a five year old kid, yeah, that could be shocking, right? Or yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it could have been. A, it, let's say I went with a white family, you know, so yeah. it definitely altered the way I was brought up. Yeah, um, you know, whether I was more studious, whether I was less athletic, you mm -hmm. know. However, you know, they could have had a different set of rules than than we what we were accustomed to. Um, but again, I you know at that time. You don't you don't look at color that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We just knew that these people I didn't know them from you know from a can of paint. They weren't my family. Yeah. You know what I mean? The only people I knew that were, were familiar was my brother. So it was a lot. It was a lot of getting used to. Okay. And and you said that uh, your brothers were older than you, right? Yep. So them being older than you and them sort of maybe having a better understanding of what was going on. Do you feel like they might have had more resistance or backlash to, you know, being placed in a home? Or were they completely just lucky and fortunate and they acclimated real well? Uh, they definitely they definitely acclimated very well. But uh, you definitely knew um, that it wasn't something they wanted. Because uh, I, I talk to my cousins all the time. I talk to my cousins all the time. And they, they we talk about the day that we were taken away. And, um, you know, we was coming back from the library. And there's people out there waiting for us. And as soon as we got there, we took us in the car and we left. And my cousins was very mad, crying. Everybody's crying. Like, we didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? Our bags are already packed. But, you know, uh, having older brothers going through this, what you, it definitely took a lot of pressure off of me. Mm -hmm. Because they, if there's anything that was going to happen, they were going to endure it for me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they was my protector. So um, that, that was the only benefit of having older brothers. You go through it together. So. Um, I'm just glad they never they didn't split us up because it would have been easy to put us in three different homes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happens a lot. Like, yeah, you, absolutely. Split, split, split. Because they they don't want to take all three kids, especially you being the younger. You're more appealing to a family because you're younger. Yeah, and like, okay, we don't we don't want these older. Yeah, I mean, because we were all, you know, two years apart. So at when I was five, my other brother was seven. Yeah, my other brother, the oldest was nine. Yeah. That's actually really old for like a you know like foster situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, but that's, that's tough. yeah, absolutely. So it was definitely different. Um, again, it's like, like I said, my my childhood is not orthodox. It's not your typical childhood, but it's it's made me who I am today. Yeah, which I mean, we we definitely want to cut into that. Um, so like. You going through all this, maybe not understanding, you know, you're five years old. That's the age of kindergarten. You know, I'm sure you had your first year of school ever mm -hmm. with your foster family. Yeah. How was, like, your education growing up? And, like, did you take it seriously? Absolutely. Especially because they gave us money. <laughs> you know, every time you did well in school, they gave you money. So I always got honor roll. It's hard. If you, if you don't do honor roll in pre-K kindergarten, <laughs> something's wrong. Something's wrong. All you, you gotta, gotta do you is gotta show up. Help. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Get help, eat snacks, and go to and take a nap. Joey didn't get on the roll. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never been off the honor roll. Let's oh. just let's just make that clear right now. <laughs> all right. Which honor roll are we talking about? Um, the player pimp award. Hey now, <laughs> my mama said pimping ain't easy. Now <laughs> it's not. I can tell you, but 
<laughs> no, no, but really. <laughs> so okay, so you know, straight face saying that too. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know, you you went through the most adverse thing that probably a five year old can go through. Um, you, but you sort of flipped it around at a very young age, and even if it was for a reward, right? You still made the conscious decision to do well in school. Did you think that that was gonna like affect your future? Or, like, did you even have that understanding that young? I didn't have that understanding at the time. I just know that. Um, one, if I didn't do well in school, couldn't go outside. Okay. And they always give us money, A for, you know, money for A's and B's. So I tried to say my honor roll. And, but at the same time, it's like if I had money, my brothers had money. If my brothers had money, I had money. So it, if I got money, I'm going to the store. We're walking to the corner store. We're going to get some snacks. Yeah. And that's just how it was. So yeah. Yeah. Rem- remember this conversation when we go later on the money. Money's really important. We're going <laughs> to keep re- referring to it a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was good. But, you know, again, my brother helped me out. Yeah. You know, they was always able to go outside and, and play. I had to do my homework first. They already did this. So I have very sloppy handwriting. So my brother would make the dashes and everything so I could copy <laughs> over it. Yeah. And they'll look at it and be like, okay, go outside. Cool. <laughs> so he did that for me a lot. And I was happy. I was, you know, he was the real MVP during that time. Was left handed? For me, not. Nope. I'm right handed. I just oh, okay. had very sloppy handwriting. <laughs> you know, I'm young, six yeah. years old, barely know how to color, color in the line. All right. But it was cool. Nice. You know, I, I, I was thinking, I was like, you know, your parents having so many kids mm-hmm. at the very beginning, like that sounds, you know, terrible, especially for the situation that your family was in. But now that, you know, you guys are in a better situation at this point in your life, having all those kids was actually, you know, like one of the best things that could have happened to you, ha- having such a strong and large support system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the good thing for us was... um the family that we went to, they had connections with people in my family. Oh, okay. So they knew people who knew my family. Right. And so it was able to still keep a, a relationship with them. And we had to meet with our social workers and everything at least once a week. Mm-hmm. We used to go down to this place called the Presbyterian Children's Village in Philly and meet with our social worker. Mm-hmm. And then they started arranging times where my mom and my sisters and my grandmother can come down nice. and see us. So it was, we was able to uh, you know keep that connection. Um, it was great for my brothers. I was so young that yeah. you know you you don't see somebody for a while. You know them, but you really don't know them. Yeah, yeah. yeah and my my grandmother told me this story over and over again because it's like she said it wasn't a dry eye in the room because when I see my mom, I just stood there. Everybody else ran to him, I just stood there, and I muttered out my mouth, "Mommy," and then ran up to him with a hug. But you know, I'm young. I don't remember it, mm-hmm. but you know, my grandmother. She does. I mean, that's probably one of her favorite stories to tell me. So, um, but again, we were put in a very, you know, it was a bad situation that worked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? How did your, um, so your, your sister stayed with, with your original parents? Yeah, they stayed with my mom. My mom, my aunts, my grandma. So, you know. How were they doing while, while you and your brothers were like excelling at school and like, you know, doing all these great things? Like, were your sisters also or, or, you know, was Um, it tough? Yeah, my sisters were, my sisters were very smart. Sisters are very smart. Um, sister Nessa was always on honor roll. My sister name was, you know, she was on honor roll, but uh, she was around a little rough and around the edges, you know, according to my mom. Um, but they were good, you know. I think if you look at the the, the batch of kids my mom had, it could have always been worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we could have been in the streets. We could have been done anything. So, uh, you know, at that time, everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out. And, you know, they were good. 
I'm just like I'm I'm just like thinking I'm I'm listening to your story and all this um you know all of these like there have been so many opportunities for you to say something uh that went south right but the only thing I'm hearing is just that you and your sisters and your brothers like you guys all sort of just kind of got your shit together based on the father you know your your I think they had a path actions. though they had a the path I, I know but like like you know how how many times do you hear stories about like foster kids who like end up going with drug abuse or you know gangs yeah. or end up breaking the law because you know they're resistant and they're you mm-hmm. know teenagers acting out and stuff like that his parent his uh his brother's example here himself is like what the system's supposed to do you know help him and yeah. make that way and then the other stories that we hear that unfortunately are the ones that are the more likely ones it's just terrible man but you know what the thing is is you know you if you're not exposed to that type of stuff as far as you know drugs and and gangs and and things of that nature it, it's hard to really pick up you know those tendencies. Um, yeah. You know we, you know we've seen it. We, you know, I, I remember we was playing basketball one time, and you know, some undercover cops came up and busted these people that we were playing ball with. We ain't know they drug dealers. We just was playing ball. We ain't know no different. But we wasn't exposed to it. You know, if anything went down or was about to go down, they always be like, "Young, just go ahead, get out of here." You know what I mean? So, um, we couldn't become a product of the, of the environment because it was really never exposed to us. Okay, mm. so like you know the 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 block was sort of like protecting the young kids by yeah. not. You never saw me, <laughs> but we in Jersey at the time. Oh, okay. you know what I mean we in Jersey at the time, so it's definitely different. You know what I mean we live literally two two blocks away from my school. You know we walk, we all walk mm, to school at the same walk, time, no. so um, it was always a group of us, and and you know it was just a it was a very family um, community. So. Um, but again, it was never it was never bad. It was never bad when we was growing up. At least I'd never seen it. Right. My brother never maybe seen different things, but I never seen it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's trying. Joey Joey wants to get that good like story or something. Like something. No, no. Um you know, I'm like all these things that happened to you and your family, you know, I can see just by knowing you for like the last two, three weeks, four weeks or so. I can see like the residual gracefulness that he always has, and like, you know, like you, you, ever, you ever meet somebody and you're just like, wow, like that's just a really good person. Yeah, that's him. Ki- kind of makes sense now. I, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, in life is is like, you give options, you got decisions to make, and for me, it was always easier to make the right decision than it was the wrong. Because I tried, I tried to flirt with that wrong the path. Right. which I'll get into later on. But it was just so much easier to not disappoint those who was around me yeah. mm-hmm. and do the right thing because then I'd just be falling into the hand that I was supposed to be in. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Did you uh, like? Did, did you feel any extra pressure, you know, just like growing up and having to uh, perform and like be studious and be a good kid because you had like the, the Mosleys who were looking after you. Mm-hmm. You had your social worker who checked in on you. You had your um, immediate family, your grandma, your mom, your sisters, mm-hmm. who were always keeping tabs on you. You had your brothers who kept your account, like, accountable. You had your school. I mean, like, you had so many people who were always constantly observing. And, you know, I mean, did, did you feel any extra pressure? I mean, did that kind of... I was a kid. I was not supposed to have no pressure <laughs> on me. You know I didn't feel anything. Like, you know, it felt normal. Young. You know, we was in foster home from, you know, from the age of five to maybe nine or ten. You know what I mean? I was in yeah. it for five years. Um, but, you know... 
it was it was you know I'm not supposed to feel pressure as a kid you're supposed to go out there have fun go to school eat candy you know do the little things um but for, like I said my life wasn't regular you know what I mean I mean we're in foster home and you know another bond for you you know just coming up on our last year in foster care my brother passed away one of my brothers passed away at the age of 10. So he was 10 and you were 8? I was 8. One of my brothers passed away in normal night. Remember it like it was nothing. Remember it like it was yesterday, man. It was a uh, regular day. We're in the, we're in the uh, playroom. We're getting our snack before we go to sleep. Um, my brother's playing a game, playing Cruising World USA on the, on the 64. And my brother, he, he had asthma. He was taking his treatment. Clockwork. This is what we did before we go to sleep. Mm -hmm. He had very bad asthma. So I'm the youngest. I go to sleep first. Right. Um, you know, of course I can't go to sleep because the kitchen lights on. I'm looking. <laughs> um, and I knew I was like, man, I didn't want to go to sleep. But it's a lot of commotion going on. My brother comes in, my other brother comes in going to sleep. Um, but my other brother didn't come in. He's still um taking another treatment and inhalers and stuff like that. And then they take him to the hospital. And, you know, that's that was that. Uh, he goes to the hospital, and that's where he passed away. And, you know, the next morning, we going up. We thinking we just going to get up yeah, and, gonna go and pick go to him school out. and, you know, go to the hospital because he had asthma attacks in the past. Okay. And we'll go to the hospital, and, you know, he'll be in a bed. I'll be like, yo, can we get some popsicles or something <laughs> like that? You know what I mean? But it was different. We was going to the, to the village. And uh, and that's when they told us, like, you know, your brother passed away. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't get I didn't understand. Still can't translate. It was too, uh, you know, too young. Eight, like, yeah. First, first incident with death. And I just see my, my brother break down. First time I ever seen him cry. Mm. You know what I mean? First time I ever seen him cry. And so, naturally, I start crying. Okay. And um, so I just, I knew something wasn't right. Yeah. I didn't understand it. But I just knew, it just knew my other brother at the time. So. so now it's you at eight and your oldest brother at 12. Yes. And he passed of an asthma attack. Mm -hmm. Age of ten. Jeez. Yeah. Regular. Yeah, it's weird. It was real weird, man. Cause you know we did everything together. We was you know even though we're all close in age, my brother you know when you turn eleven, twelve, you start doing teenage more mm -hmm. teenage things. So me and my other brother, we just go out there play. Um, he was messing with this chick. Mm -hmm. We you know we don't know nothing. Right. Walking walking her home from school. So I'm with her and her and the little sister. So yeah. I'm like, yo, what are they doing? Yeah. They kitchen behind a bush, and I'm just waiting for him. So, you know, it's all, all fun and games, though. But it was just different not having him around. And you go in school right after he passed; they had this picture hanging up and around, and just sending the condolences and stuff like that. So it was just different, man. And and you were you were still in the foster care? At yeah, this I was still in the foster care. Yeah. So you hadn't been adopted yet? Nah. So um, it, it, this led up to to me moving back to Pennsylvania because um, the family that I was with in Mosley. Yeah, like I said, they took very good care of us. But when you lose somebody in your care, yeah. it's a lot to swallow. You know what I mean? Especially when you start caring for them like you're the own. Yeah. At um, that point, they have three years yeah. with you guys. They built a, everything. A, a very good relationship. Um, it's like, you know, if they lost one of their own kids. And then, of course, they have that guilt of, you know, if we would have took them to the hospital earlier, what, you know, could have had saved this life. And, you know, you just never know. The yeah. what you know is. I mean? yeah. yeah. You just never know. And at that point in time, you know, now at this life, I don't I don't want to know. They did the best they could. They they raised yeah. us right when they had us. They treated us right. And, you know, they was, we was able to keep a good relationship with my mom and my grandmother and my sisters. Uh, that's all you can ask for coming out of a situation like that. But mm -hmm. it was definitely hard. How did your mom react? Uh, my mom was crushed. Yeah. You know I mean? It, it, it sent my mom down a path where you don't want to see these, those type of things. You know what I mean? Um, 
after you lose just your child and it's not in your care, it's very difficult to kind of comprehend that and not blame yourself. Of course. You know what I mean? It's just, could she have done anything differently when she was raising us, when she had us that could have prevented it? Yeah. And the answer is no. You know what I mean? The answer is no. Yeah. She, she did the best. She, she did could. the best she could. And if it was the best decision for us to go to a foster home to possibly be in better care to help her get right and keep my sister safe and just a whole lot of things to get her away from the, you know, my father, then 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 she did her job. She can't, yeah. she, you know, but and again, that's me now that's 27. Mm-hmm. At eight years old, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So, um, but it was, it was definitely different, man, and just waking up and it's just, you know, not the same. It's me and my brother, but what it did was, you know, you you have a there's an age gap, but you have that 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 bond that brought me and my other brothers closer together. No, I mean, I mean, you you had two best friends in the whole world. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know you have that, and it brings you together. And you know, we did everything together. So then at this time, you know, at, in the foster family that we had, you know, they made us go to church every Sunday. So you know, um, we had a lot of support. So. At this point in time, we are about to transition out. We're yeah. still going to be in the system, but mm-hmm. now we're going back to people that we're familiar with. So my aunt, my aunt Donna, who yeah. we used to live in the house with her and her and her kids, she now gets custody of my brother and I. She and has to apply for it or then I me I don't know how it happens. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't think I had the conversation with her yet. Okay. Um fast forward a little bit though. All these conversations that people have told you in the past, because you obviously were too young, like, at what point did you ask them? Did you wait, um, or did they talk to you? That's actually it's a really good question. That's a very good question. It just kind of happened. Okay. Um, it just kind of happened. Uh, it's not like something that I was searching for, because right. at that time, it's like, I was getting older. I just knew what I had then, and I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. But to know what I've been through, and to really appreciate the process and the, and the path that I've, that I've come, yeah. I wanted to know. Yeah. And it just kind of happened. It just happened natural conversation where, right. of course, um, I Somebody think, told you this would yeah. happen at five, and then you, you, you put the pieces. You're like, okay, let me go to that person. Yeah. But, it, you know, and then, you know, I remember a lot of it, though. Yeah. I just didn't understand. The feelings. And it just, I can still picture things that mm-hmm. I could see when I was five. Yeah, I saw, your, I saw your most recent post, and I, like, you, pretty much your description there. Like, it, I felt like I was just you know like, I mean? yeah. So it's just like, it's just, it's, 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 it's one thing to like to hear about it, but to really live it was was another thing. But to to understand what I've been through, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, it's, it's 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 you know, it sucks. But at the same time, man, it's 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 a blessing because I could have went completely left. Yeah, you could have kind of followed in your dad's footsteps. Oh, absolutely, so that would never happen though. Yeah. Never. Yeah, that would never happen. But you know. Move back with your aunt now. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're in Pottstown. It's a, it's a spot called uh, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, which is about 45 minutes outside of Philly. Okay. Um, so she took us in. Now I'm entering the third grade. I did okay. kindergarten. I get pre-K, kindergarten first and second in, in Jersey. Okay. So now I'm in third grade. Uh, different. Uh, my first experience out there because I, I had a, you know, I had a, you know, a bad mouth. I go out there and cuss. Okay. Um, everything. Right. So did my brother. So. Mm-hmm. It was natural for me when I'm going out there meeting new people. I'm cussing, boy, snitching on me. One of my, my neighbor told on me. So my first maybe one or two days, I'm getting my mouth washed out with soap. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Pissed. <laughs> I tell you, I'm pissed, dude. I'm pissed. <laughs> and I'm looking at I'm looking at my neighbor like, damn, you really going to snitch on me? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be like that now. He Welcome be to my the neighborhood. Home. He's been, uh, been being my homie. I beat him up a couple times, but he's my <laughs> homie, though. He's my homie. He's good people, man. Shout out to Zah. Oh, my God. Zah was like the uncle that like you hate, but you still uh, love. Man, listen. <laughs> he, was, he was younger than me, too, though. Okay. But, like, you know, he's a good guy, man. His family's good. His dad ended up being my barber for a couple of years. Um, but he's good people, man. But, you know, moving to Pasadena was different, man. Because we, we living in Jersey. Everything's so, it's so city vibe. But it's just like, it it, it was... It just it was home at the time because I didn't know no difference. Right. So you move somewhere else, somewhere else, you know, in a in a in a in a, in a complex where it's subsidized housing. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of people that don't make a lot of money, you right. make low income. So that, I mean that's what it was. So, but I, I knew that I was around my family. That's, that's all that mattered. That's all. Were you more comfortable there than you were in Jersey? It it took some getting used to. Yeah. Um, because you're waking up somewhere different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when I first got out there, you know, I'm still young. Um, my brothers had, my brother had, you know, my cousin Quentin, Andre, Andrew, Dominic, they was all close in age. That he knew, and then yeah. you're like. And then I'm just, you know, I just always kick it with my cousin uh, Kiana. That's why, I like, I used to, they used to always call me sweet. You know what I mean? I was always around my cousins. So, mm-hmm. you know, cousins or my sisters. Um, so they used to call me sweet, like I was soft. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, that's that's what your cousins say, and just try to toughen you up. But and that's just what it was, so. But living in Pasadena was different. Um, but at this point in time, that's when I'm starting to understand what's going on. Okay. Um, understanding yeah. death and things yeah. of that nature. So that's when I took a turn for the worse. Oh. Yeah, that's when I took a turn for the worse. I thought he was going to say he was ready for sports, but no, the turn, nah, for, no. The turn for the worse. Sports came down way later in life. Okay, so the turn for the worse yeah. led to... Oh, man, so the turn for the worse led, led to me, you know, struggling in school. Okay, so no. yeah, you weren't getting paid no more. You weren't getting that. <laughs> wasn't getting that money, but you know, just struggling in school is a different school system. Um, uncomfortable and uh, you didn't have your older your middle brother to help yeah. you out. Oh, well, it was my older brother. That okay, there, but at the same time, he's in middle school now, and then he's got to worry worry about his stuff. And he he loved basketball, so he was out there playing basketball and stuff like that. But um, I just started doing bad in school. wasn't no wasn't no reason. I just stopped really caring. Mm-hmm. And then and uh. All I cared about was going outside playing with my friends, and um, I just don't think I really tried. Yeah. But at the same time, grief hits you at its own time. It's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Right. I started understanding. Okay. So that's when I started acting out. Um, I don't know whether I was reaching out for help okay. or or what, but I started doing bad, and that kind of carried on because I never really addressed it. Did you ever, like, get arrested? Never. Close? Close. Did you ever, like, do... Bad things, though. Yeah, yeah I smoked weed when I was young. You do ratchet things, you do ratchet yeah, things. Yeah, when I was young, you do hood rat things. When, <laughs> when, when, when I was younger, I was I was low key a bully. Okay. I was low key a bully. Oh so yeah, I, your neighbor. Yeah, that was I, example one. Example three. But it was another. It was another family, and it was crazy because we was cool. Mm-hmm. We was cool with this whole family, man. And I I feel bad now, knowing what I did to them when we was younger because it was just bad, man. Uh, we used to chase. His family home every day from school, mm-hmm. and beat up the little brother, beat up Devin. Um, Shout out! That was my homie. I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about him later. Uh, he's a good kid, man. And they just said they, you know, they were a white family, mm-hmm. but they were no different than us in a situation where we're in subsidized housing. Yeah, you know, 
just trying to make it up. Where does the bully behavior come from, though? Like, uh, being called sweet. I think that, but I think it was just more so like, man, just trying to fit in. Okay. Um, you know, you you got people who who are into certain things and they want to do things. Oh, we should go do this. All right, I'm with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just think I just wanted to fit in and be in the right crowd. Um, that makes sense. You know what I mean? So we did it. We did that though for years, for years, for a lot of years. Leading into Poor high Devin. school, Jesus. not not to high school. I think because. We outgrew it, you know. I mean, we outgrew it. Where, you know, I mean, we seen Devin was cool. Devin, he took it like a G, and you know, he was like, all right, you know, we we over this. I mean, mm-hmm. we getting older, getting. Did he ever fight back? Oh yeah, he fought back a couple times. Not with me, but he <laughs> fought back a couple times. But, um, you know, I think you know we just outgrew it, and we started feeling bad. Man, I, I always felt bad afterwards. Mm-hmm. Always. And then this is all through elementary school. Once we got in, once we got into middle school, it was a whole different story. Okay, you know what I mean, we was all cool. We're going to the same school, um, and you know, we just we knew we just we had to stick together because now we going to school with everybody else in the district. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, we 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 were bad, man. We were real bad stealing from Kmart. You know what I mean? When Kmart like was around. Yeah. Who hasn't stolen from Kmart? I mean, those man. those deals are steal <laughs> themselves. <laughs> Might as well just walk out with that. Man, free, free <laughs> Let me help me. you get rid of them. Free was for me. Free 99. Yeah, that's my favorite number right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite number, man. Oh, my God. But, but yeah, so that, that you know, kind of took me down that bad road. And um, it even led into middle school. For real, for real. Mm-hmm. You know, bag race continued. Yeah. And now at that point, I'm in sixth grade, you know. I'm seeing chicks I ain't never seen before. Yeah. So now my mind is like, yo, that girl, she bad. <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> time bad. out, time <laughs> out. So now you're suddenly interested in, in girls? I mean, what happened to playing with your friends and balling and beating up Devin? We, we, that we still was, happened on the side, but we, now that we, was, we stole hoops. We stole hoops. We, you know, we was definitely, you know, still go to the court. Um, there was something but in, I'm on telling the way there. I'm telling you because, you know, I had my first girlfriend when I was like in the fifth grade. Okay. And the chick was in sixth grade. And I used to walk to her crib. I didn't know no better. <laughs> no, I didn't know no better. But um, you know, I seen her, I'm like, Oh, she alright. She was a little white joint. Mm-hmm. She was alright and, and and but you know, that happened in middle school too. Kept it going. But I had met another chick. And I'm like, Oh, I gotta let her go. This other joint was too bad, <laughs> you know what I mean? She was too bad, so I had to let her go. But you know, I'm young. Mm-hmm. And and but you know, you go into middle school, you're seeing a whole bunch of different chicks that you don't see on a daily basis because they don't live in your community. Right. So I'm like, okay, I like that. I like that. And then you know, that's when we don't aim and you know, instant messenger yeah. and stuff like uh-huh. that. So what was your my face, my brother made it. Y'all don't laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Here we it. go. It was Relly the pimp. Relly the pimp. <laughs> Yeah, it was really the pump. If you don't change your Instagram name to that, <laughs> then yeah. I will. <laughs> then I'll change yeah, hijack his phone real quick. It was, it was, it was really the pump, and I, you know, I used to be on there for hours. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother, my brother would be on there. I'm like, listen, you done yet? Switch off. I'm trying to get on. You feel me? <laughs> but it was fun, man. We gonna aim for 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 a minute during MySpace. I was doing that during that MySpace time. Mm. But you know, again, she doesn't know about it, and she's too young for you. <laughs> oh God, damn, you! I remember <laughs> aim. I remember, I remember being on, and then it would cut out the phone, you know. So oh, that's like, that dial up there. <laughs> oh hell! Yeah. Oh, that's that's like what I had. So whenever I was on, I remember um, I couldn't be on for more than like ten minutes because then my mom or dad needed to make a call, and they would pick up the phone and sound like a damn fax machine. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, yeah. So that's when oh. that's when you used to have the AOL disk that had a thousand dollars on. 
Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 <laughs> Been there. Oh man, I think. Yeah, if, if 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 you don't know what the AOL is, man, or AIM or MySpace, you don't know what the top five or who Tom is. You don't need to be on this podcast, baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the question. Like when we're like, oh, could be on the guest. You're like, okay, answer these four questions. <laughs> yeah, well, nice you little question there. <laughs> but yeah, you want to know a little something about me too? I've never told this to anybody. Hmm. So when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, you're gonna tell us your aim. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, even remember it. Okay. JK, I remember it. I'm never telling you what it was. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, so uh, when I'll I was in like fourth or she doesn't know. When I was in fourth or fifth grade, I'm not aiming my sister. Get out of here. No, but um, I, computer. I had to do a, like, a research project on like, like a, a woman who do, you know, did something famous or you know, did something good for society or you know, somebody who was important and who was a woman. It was mm-hmm. like women appreciation. Right, so like me, I don't know how to use like a web search, so I just type in famouswomen.com, straight up porno. Ooh. That was awesome, but it looked like <laughs> it looked like I was doing my research project, right? Cause yeah. You check the history, all it says is famous, famous women. Unless you go on one of those websites and yep. history. I remember that. Like, what up? Let's <laughs> look at all this ass. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I remember I was plugged in and I was like, what? You know, because it was that changed your life with Google that, searches, huh? That changed my life. Uh huh. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so now, <laughs> so now, Terrell's like twelve, yeah, and you're yeah, you're flirting around. Big, yeah, I skipped a real big part though. Oh shit! What, Devin? Skipped a real big part. Not even with Devin, man. <laughs> like I said, like I said, you know, we saw we saw you know this probably about a couple years ago, not not a couple years ago, but a couple years prior to middle school. But we still would go to this gentleman uncle's house and. Um, I would go with my mom in the summer. She li- uh, lived in co- on a street called Curbar Street um, in Philly. And, you know, like I said, when we lost my brother, it was it was rough on her. Like I said, she went down a real, real dark path mm-hmm. where she became an alcoholic. Right. She was drinking all crazy. And, um, you know, I don't even know if she knows or no. And I don't know if she's okay with me sharing this information because it's very private. Um, but she, she tried to take her own life and started you know, I'm young. I'm young. And, you know, it's like a lot of this, and it's crazy because a lot of this information that I don't really speak about because I'm so worried about, you know, my family and how they'll think about it. Or, mm-hmm. But it's our truth. It's our reality. It happened. Did, did, like, she know you were there? Uh, You know, at that, I'm sure she did. But at that moment of time, she's going through so much and she's she's drinking and, um, luckily, my at the time, my, my sister Dizzy's dad, Melvin, was there and peeped and, you know, seeing that she's trying to swallow all these pills and, and dump her mouth and everything like that. But again, at the time, I didn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was rough. But, you know, that kind of added to everything that's going on. You know what I mean? Leading up to, to sixth grade where um, I got left back in the sixth grade. I was changing my FCDs and just trying to go outside and, and get the chicks. And, you know, that's what I've been to. So you got held back? Oh yeah, I got I got held back oh, real fast. See, I didn't know no different. I didn't yeah. know no better. I just thought I was gonna go to school, yeah, get by, show up. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and just on to the next grade. Mm-hmm. Wasn't like that. So got left back. But I tell you what, that might have been the best thing that ever happened to me. I was just about to say that was probably the best thing that ever happened to you. That's yeah. crazy. It, it took it, the words right out of my mouth. It it, it it just slowed everything down for me because even though I was still like flirting with the cusp of mm-hmm. um, doing a bad thing. Yeah, I had to. 
somewhat I had to embrace out. that humiliation. Right. Where all my friends are in the seventh grade uh, and I'm sure. still in sixth grade. Yeah. I had a chick that was, you know. And you're on aim with the chick and she's yeah. telling you, well, are you ready for seventh grade? And you're yeah. like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, we're home, Mama. You want to check the paper? Oh, you want to see? Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. So, um, but yeah, I had to embrace that humiliation. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really snap out of it until, uh, until later. You know what I mean? And then that's why I started hanging around the right crowds. Because in middle school, you meet, you meet, you meet different people. Right. Even though you've probably seen them in elementary school. But, you you know, only time you see them is in school. Yeah. Unless you live around each other. Middle school, you start meeting new people. Uh, that's when I've met some of my, you know, some of my friends I still talk to today. Mm-hmm. Some of my best friends, like my friend Isaiah, uh, Preston, uh, Micah. Um, I think that's pretty much it in that, in that group. Um, but they kind of were the people to follow. And I still had my friends I lived with, you know, that yeah. I hung out, you know, hung out with with the people in my in my development. But these were the people I wanted to be around. This is you know, they had big houses, great okay. families, um, and they kind of introduced me to to sports. All right. That's how it all happened. Were we not? But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she, she was just letting me know she uh found parking down there because it's it's a, it's a hell trying to find parking in it at our house. But you know, like I said, she be looking that. Mm-hmm. But um, but again, um, you know, I, I found the right crowd to to to, to hang around in. Uh, you know, my second year, sixth grade, seventh year, seventh grade year is supposed to be. Um, that's when I started playing football. Okay. You, you know, I was, again, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say that's when I started playing football. No, I'm just kidding. I was, I was going to ask you, like, none of this sounds like somebody who became a starting D1 athlete right out of high school and then got drafted by a professional athletic team. So when did that conversion take place? When did, you know? So for me, um, so, so for me, it was, it was, you know, I got introduced to a sport where I was playing with my friends, and I really, I really didn't want to play because I would play fumble rumble or something like that and, and run mm-hmm. away, and I, I was athletic, but I didn't want to play tackle, um, organized because I, I mean I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't have money to pay for anything. I didn't have cleats, mm-hmm. um, but you know, like I said, the, the people I was hanging around, people I was hanging around are. Yeah, or, Go ahead, or FaceTime. Live FaceTime right here. That's my sister. <laughs> 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 I'm on a podcast. <laughs> um, you know, they they were great. And um, my friend Preston's dad, one of my best friends, Preston, you know, his dad, who passed away a couple years ago, uh, really took me under his wing and, you know, took me in as one of his own and, you know, bought me my first pair of cleats and made sure I got to practice every day. And mm-hmm. just, you know, he was fully vested in me as a as a person. You know, he walked up to the school and asked for my transcript to see how bad I was doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? See how bad I was doing. Like, he said, this doesn't add up. You're a really good kid. Right. Why are you getting bad grades? It just it doesn't match. So at that point in time, I tried to take more pride in doing well in school. Um, and He was still playing with flag? It wasn't tackle? No, it was tackle. We played tackle. Pop Warner. Okay. Um, I skipped another part. At this time, you know, my aunt was moving. So my grandmother fought to get custody for us. So uh, then that's when we moved to my grandma. So then, so now you lived with your uh, birth parents. Then you went to the foster system. Then you went to the Mosleys. Then you went to your aunt Donna, and then you went to my your grandma. grandma. Yep. So she got she got full custody of us. And at first, it was you know she got us, and then we went to court, and um, 
that's when my grandmother got custody of her. You were 13 or so? I was I was going into the sixth grade. So, so this was, 12, you know, the first maybe. time? Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, the first time. Yeah. So my mom's back around. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, she's doing well. She's working. Uh, she's living. Yeah. And uh, so everything's going, by, going, going well. You know, we, we were established in that good relationship with my mom. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that was, you know, it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a breath of fresh air knowing that he was around love, and so, uh, so everything you know everything started happening the way it's supposed to, and that's when I started gotten football and got with Preston and his family, and you know his dad took interest in me yeah. and and then went from there. So now that's you know, Pop Warner, I was you know one of the best people, but when you go to Pop Warner, it's a lot of people that. The parents of the coaches, yeah, um, where uh, they're going to give those kids. We have five plays. Four of them went to the other kids. One of them went to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to play defense if I wanted to play. You know, right. I wasn't. I told them if I don't study in school, I'm not going to study these plays. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know the plays. <laughs> that was just what it was. Yeah. So I played defense. We did well. And what position? I played corner. Okay. I played corner. So you've always played corner. Yeah, I played corner. Um, but it's like you know. They didn't pass the pop one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just won. Yeah. But at that point in time, you know, it just comes to an abrupt end. You, you go through the season. Uh-huh. It's going to, so now I'm like, damn, what am I going to do? What else can I do? Nothing. You know, in sixth grade, you don't have other sports you can play in school. Mm-hmm. So we just went to school, hung out, still went to my friend's house, and, you know, just, you know. There was no there was no off season? There was no, I, I, it was, but I didn't know about it. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't okay, know about yeah, the off season, yeah. so. Um, it's early on too. Yeah, it was very, very early on. So you know, at that time, it's just you know, I was just, you know, I was just starting to find myself. And I get to sixth, I get to seventh grade, and I, I pass, y'all. I finally pass. <laughs> <it, y'all. laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so you know, I get to the seventh grade. So you know, a lot of my friends in the eighth so you're grade. She's still in middle school, so you can still talk to her. Now. Oh yeah, but at, at that point in time, okay. I was I was off that one. Okay. Oh, so, okay. At that point in time, I was off the one the I was pimp. messing with. Uh-huh. <laughs> Living up to the name, man. But I, but at the same time, it's like you you see certain people that that are new to the school, and you kind of mm-hmm. kind of gain interest, and you you know, I I don't want to say I was cocky, but I knew I wasn't ugly. Okay. So I'm like, all right, I see her googly eyes, and so let me go over and say what's up to her. Miss New Booty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was my song. Wow, well, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um. So in the seventh grade, still struggling with school. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. Just really didn't care. But I'm still playing football. Right. So now I'm playing for school. So I'm like, yo, I do not want to play seventh grade because I knew I was too good. Yeah. I didn't know it yet, but I knew I was good. Mm-hmm. And my sixth grade teacher, he was my social studies teacher. He was the, actually the eighth grade coach. So he pulled me up and played eighth grade when I was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, my relationship with him and being around the right people, that's when it started started happening. And I would stop by and talk to him during lunch and everything because I was out of you know out of his class. Yeah. But I started you know going up in eighth grade, playing, doing well, starting running back, and um, I wasn't scared of you know, of contact. You know, mm-hmm. my one of my best friends, Desmond, at the time he was you know losing seventh grade by like two hundred two hundred two hundred some pounds flying, mm-hmm. and I'm going against going up against him, cleaning, right. Cleaning. I'm skinny. I was probably like a buck forty. And boom. I guess I'm academic and ineligible. Oh. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. It, it, again, I had to go through that embarrassment to know that I don't want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. Come on. I'm 
things. Yeah, it was rough. Everything you know? except pee? Man. Even I was, pee. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy because I'm like, yo, everybody know I got a game. And I get on the school bus. We know you get ineligible. You can't go to the game. Yeah. No. You can't go to the game. So I got hop on the bus. I'm like, man, why aren't you playing? I'm like, man, I don't even want to talk about it. So I'm just walking around. And then uh, we lost that game. That's probably the only one of the games we lost because I wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, you know, it was a lot of learning in that in that year. But you know, I was struggling. Then I started running track. I did well, and that's when I got into a fight. Oh, uh, yeah. Is, was it fight. the first fight in school? First fight in school. Okay. First fight in school. No, a lot. Right. Second fight one. in school. Because the first one, uh, this one kid, I'm not going to say his name, though. Okay. Um, this one kid was at the, at the at the school dance talking tough. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, the crazy thing is, it's like, it was probably about to give me some gum or something like that. Okay. He's giving everybody some gum. I can't have minty, fl- minty breath. Like, I, I just wanted some gum. And he started talking heavy. And then he called me the N-word. Oh, oh, okay. So now, and I'm like, okay, listen, I understand this. Look, you over and you hang around all black people, but that doesn't give you that that card to be able, especially oh. if we ain't discuss it. Mm-hmm. So he he said a not er, but it's still bad. No matter no, way. no matter how you <laughs> say it, if if you say the a, and we cool, I'm gonna let it slide. But I'm gonna let you know, it's not about you know you got to be careful about who you say it around. Yeah, you know I might let it slide, and people be like, oh, why you want another white person? Because I'm okay with it. I'm not. I'm not. I know he's not coming from a bad place because we use it as a word of endearment. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna get mad at one of my white friends for saying it if he's using it the right way. Mm-hmm. But be cognizant of who you say it around because somebody might check your chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah. But at that point in time, I'm not. I'm not hearing nothing because now he just checked me and I got to. I got to respond. Yeah. I got all my friends with me. At the time, I had this big old Cuban zirconium earring that I stole from Kmart. Hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm flossing. Yeah, so you can... What I is the statute of limitations on filing, <laughs> you know, for theft charges Man, here? I, it's well over, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, I took the earring out. Oh. I, yeah, I wasn't losing that thing. Man, I, I worked too hard to get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my earring. <laughs> so, I took it out and I took my home and hold it. And uh, we was at least probably at the exam for maybe thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't we wasn't there long. Mm-hmm. So he started talking heavy. He screaming, "Hit me, hit me!" <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give you what you asked for. You asked me to do it. I'm not gonna be rude and not give you what <laughs> exactly. you asked for. Yeah. That'd be selfish of you. You will oblige him. Yes, that'd be very selfish of me. So he walked away. And you know, one thing you ever turn, you know, one thing they say, don't ever turn your back in a what in a fight. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I'm six four. I'm, I'm short. <laughs> I'm short. But I hit him, and he came down to my height, and I was getting busy. I was getting busy, and um, and and and, and one of the rental cops tackled him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And my homie was like, "You gotta let him go. I'm not even touching him." The rental cop had me in yeah. him. So we both got suspended. I was pissed because it was just starting to get warm. And in middle school, we had like these carnivals where they bring Ritas, uh, which is water ice. Yeah. And East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, man. So you get readers and <laughs> yeah. get like little dunk takes and everything. You just get out to school mm-hmm. and and just have a day. And I couldn't do it. I had to go in the, had to go in the auditorium and do all this stuff, and this wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. But it, it sucked because me and the boy was real cool at one point in time. Yeah. Oh and yeah. It, it, it sucked because uh-huh. it kind of tarnished our relationship moving forward. Because it just it's just what it was. Was he on the football team too or no? At one year, but I never played with him. Okay. He wasn't on my team. So now going to your second fight, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, fight. For, that was for that Rita ice cream then, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Second fight. I'm guessing what happened was you were running track and you were doing um, what's that event where you hand off the pole to somebody else? Oh, the four by one. Yeah, that the, the relay. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and somebody knocked your your baton out of your hand. No, that's not what happened at all. So. All right. Well, <laughs> it, it, it was close. It was close. So what happened was, uh, and again, and and before I before I uh, move forward is, you know, recently, not even recently, a couple of years ago, I reached out to both of them and apologized for my actions because I was young. You should have sent the other guy a pack of gum. <laughs> be like, you needed this more than me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, you're probably gonna do that now. <laughs> nah, 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 man. Yes. Um, because that's like adding insult to injury. But, Good. But you know, um. You know, I reached out to them and just, you know, I was young and just kind of looking for a name for myself, but mm-hmm. it was the wrong name. But to this fight, um, it was a Friday. We had a track meet Friday. So I was there in school. I was there in school and we was in a, we was in a, in a cafeteria. I was about to get a slushie. The other guy's getting a slushie as well. And, and the, the word wasn't even directed towards me. He said the N word. And. It wasn't directed towards me, like, but I heard he, it. He just said, like... No, no, I just heard it. No, uh-huh. no, I just heard it. So like I had to again. I had to check him. I said, oh, for real? That's how you feel? Yeah, N-word. Hmm. Now it's getting personal. Oh. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to let it ride. I'm not going to do anything. No, I'm not going to do nothing crazy. I got to go to track meet. It's a track championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed to, you know, I needed to stay focused because that, at the time, it's like, I ran into some of the people that became my rivals in high school. Okay. You know, like Lonely Lion Brumfield, um, this kid Sean Winhold, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. He mm-hmm. he had passed away a couple years ago. Um, and they was the fastest people in the in the, in the you know, in the, in the draw. So and I'm a seventh grader, so if I beat them it makes me look good. Mm-hmm. Me and Brumfield was both in the same grade. So, you know, I go in there, I do well. They beat me in a hundred. I came in third. I four by one team came in second. Okay. I just didn't. I did well. I I didn't do as good as I know I could. But I get back to school, and my homie, uh, my homie, they call him Pooh. He's uh, they 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 uh, he has a problem with the guy too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, that's a fact. Like, listen, I got gym class. They downstairs at music. Mm-hmm. Just wait for me to do anything. <laughs> just wait. That's all I ask. Yeah. So we, I, you know, I had to get changed and everything. So I'm, I'm rushing to the, to the, to the locker room to get changed. Mm-hmm. Rushing, going there, throw my stuff off. I'm a little sweaty, wipe sweat off. You know, when you're in middle school, you douse yourself in axe. Mm-hmm. And I'm going downstairs. All right. So he already hits the guy. Uh, so I'm like, oh my goodness. So one of my best friends, Cody, mm-hmm. and this is how me and Cody really became friends. He ran up to the other guy and grabbed him. No, you're not going nowhere. <laughs> my man. So. <laughs> I'm like, dag, like you gonna really? I'm like, you gonna hit him without me? So <laughs> I hear his friend chirping, bang, cracking, <laughs> cracking, just for talking. Uh, so this one kid I grew up with, his name is Nate. He like, you gonna do that? Why you gonna do that? You a punk? Say you gonna get the same issue if you say something stupid out your mouth again. So now I'm I'm heated. I'm I'm what they what they say now? They activated. I'm a hot. Trigger. 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 <laughs> activated trigger. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm triggered. They say activated on the East Coast. Something. <laughs> Something. But I'm hot now. Mm-hmm. So I got, I'm supposed to be going to music class. So I get there and I forgot something in my locker. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Miss Bean, I'm going to go to the locker room. I'm going to go to my locker mm-hmm. and, you know, sign out the pass. 
And who do I see outside? The principal. No, my homie. <laughs> my homie Pooh. So now we hot. So I'm like, yo, let's take a walk away and go up to the uh to the third floor. That's where our locker were. And guess who comes out? The principal. No, not the principal. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the kid that he hit. The kid that he hit. And um, like I said, uh, I feel bad for what happened, but you know, he hit him again. Full hat bracelets, he looked at Courtney's bracelets. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. He looked at Courtney's bracelets. So they ended up going home. And so I'm thinking everything will be sweet. I'm in the first period, I'm in the second period, music, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Third period, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Fourth period, I get called to the office. Yeah. And Here I'm you like, go, the principal. Man. Now we see the principal. So I'm in there and they're trying to be like, oh, what happened? They say, send me the ISO. Mm-hmm. I see a cop coming. Uh-oh. And he's talking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, he's like, hey, what you doing here? He said, hope I'm not here for you. I'm like, I hope not either. But <laughs> after that, I probably, you know, I, whatever. <laughs> so we in ISS. And, you know, we're probably in there for maybe four or five days before they finally suspended us. Mm-hmm. So they finally suspended us. It was like 10 days suspension. Damn. Had a meeting with the school board to see if I was going to get expelled. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, this is crazy. So I, I go there. And I'm suspended for 10 days. Do five. I meet with the school board. They decided not to expel me, but they restarted my suspension. No. And they restarted my suspension. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a 20-day suspension 20 now? 20 days. I came back to school with two days left. Did you pass? Yeah, I passed. I went on to the eighth grade, baby. I went on, but yeah. But then that's when I had had to go down to this uh, in Norristown, Pennsylvania. And I had to go to the, to, to the probation office. And I got put on probation. Shit. You put on probation when you were like 13 years old? Bro, I got put on probation. But it wasn't the type of joint where they got, you know, they got like a piss test or you got to spot. <laughs> no, no, like yeah. That. It's a complete behavioral probation thing. But I'm like, man, I got a six months. Six months. And I'm like, damn, I hope they don't. Because I was supposed to go to uh, Virginia Beach with my homie, which I was able to. But it just sucked, man. Then I had to come back and do community service. Of course. Me, me and my friend Cody, because mm-hmm. Cody held him. And 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 the other guy I got to you know did a fight with, but again what at that point, it, say it again. What happened, Pooh? Oh, he was on probation uh, too, you know. But you know, again, like I said, uh, we was young. We was just you know trying to stand out as the big bad guys of the school, and you know at that time I didn't know there's other ways to get respected, man. Yes, by being kind and doing good works. Yeah, but at that time, <laughs> but the thing is, I was always kind and I tried to do good work, but it's just like I was still in search of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I was looking for every excuse to make up to, you know, yeah, justify why I did those things, and it just was nothing that I could do. While on probation, were, were you allowed to play football? Or? Yeah, but you know, it was summertime. Well, I wasn't thinking about football. No, I wasn't thinking about it. I just was, you know, play fun bubble, bump around bubble. So is it a, court, is it a hot boy summer right now or a hot girl summer? Say it one more time. <laughs> 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 um. Nah, but I was at the time. I, at the time, either I was, I was just chilling, man. I was hot I was boy summer it. is the correct answer. I was chilling. I was, I was chilling. I'm glad you. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I rung a friend. You see, I just try to avoid that. <laughs> nah, but uh, it was cool, man. I was, uh, I was having fun. Uh, one of you know, me and my best friend Desmond, we was always together every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it was just regular. So, but this is this is going into my my transformation. Okay. Um, Eighth where grade eighth grade, eighth grade was the the most pivotal year for me, because um, I already knew the reputation I had. Right. Um, 
everybody loved my they brother. They allowed you back in the same middle school? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I knew the reputation I had, mm-hmm. so teachers was already on on a you know on edge with me. Okay. So uh, me and my friend Cody, mm-hmm. um, we was all in the same class. So I'm like, yo, I'm really not gonna pass. Like, how the hell am I gonna pass this? And I got everybody who's funny, everybody who's somebody in the same class. Yeah. Uh, but again, I had to live up to that standard because everybody loved my brother. Everybody knew who my brother was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this this teacher called her name is Baker. Uh, she was my history teacher, and she just it was just something about her presence that just made you want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And just with that, um, you know, I met Miss Kakarika who was a, a, a school aide at the time. She was always, always in that class. And then, you know, I knew who Ms. Hawthorne was. She's the secretary for the, uh, for the vice president, uh, principal. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Hawthorne, uh, not Mr. Hawthorne, Mr. Algio, that was my eighth grade coach um, and my sixth grade teacher. He, uh, he was always in there and he was always talking. But she called me in the office and she, she asked me, and it's kind of the, the, the best thing she could ask me. And she was like, you know, I know in the past you struggled with school. You know, do you need extra help? Do you want to test and see if you'll test in the special ed? Hmm. So I'm like, so I'm like, seriously, do I want the easy way out? Mm-hmm. And just like, man, I just, they can tell me this. I can take my test and but it just, it just wasn't what I wanted. And I said, no, I'm not a dummy. You know what I mean? I said, I'm not stupid. I just didn't do the work. Mm-hmm. And that kind of triggered something in my head because now if I'm like, damn, she's asking me these questions of people who really think I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you know, changed my mind. And, you know, at this time, I'm like, I'm in the eighth grade. They pulled me up to the freshman football team. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm still playing with all my best friends. I played with Pop Warner. So I'm like, I got to live up to the hype now. And it kind of, it took off from there. Like, all the teachers fell in love with me. I started surrounding myself with the right people, doing well in school, mm-hmm. um, just, just, it was a complete 180 because the 360 that means I'd have landed back in the same spot I was. Right, you take the test and you test it. Right. So I, I, you know, I, ch- I changed it around. What a kick in the balls, though. Oh, it it was definitely it was definitely like you know like holy shit! What this a is, this kick is really in what the they think about balls. Me. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you get called in the office. You're like, oh hey, you know, how's everything going? And then, hey, do you want to test in this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It, it, I didn't know how to answer it, uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was, it was the best thing that could have been asked to me because it kind of, it made me realize where my flaws were academically. Kicked you right in the dick. <laughs> that is just. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Miss 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 Fagan really, I mean, Miss uh, Miss Hawthorne really kind of, you know, always kept on me, gave me those motherly talks that she used to have with her kids when she, you know, went through, they went through the program. So, but like, like before, though, you were just kind of lazy, right? And you're just like, I just want to yeah. play football. Uh, you know, and like your grades slipped, but that laziness turned into like a legitimate view of you as somebody who could potentially be, you know, educationally challenged. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like these these oh. these teachers they 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 seen something in me that I didn't see in myself. Mm-hmm. And same thing goes for my best friend Cody, uh, my homie Kayvon. Um, they seen something in me that that they just. They seen something in me that was just. Uh, is Aries okay? <laughs> Let me check. Hold on. Is Aries? I I, I know it has to be. Aries is uh is their their dog. He's uh, uh Shih Tzu. Yeah, okay. Shih Tzu. Right. <laughs> Sweetest little nugget. Oh my god. Yeah, you like having it on top of your desk. I call him Potato. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a little potato. 
just fix it on your keyboard. He's like, do you have him like type on a keyboard? Just make it look like you're productive. No, but um, he he often walks around my keyboard. Mm-hmm. He sent an inadvertent email today. Nice. Um, yeah, and he just you know, he's he's just terrific. He's yeah, he's great. A, he's a great dog, man. He's just good. He like tried to eat my banana today. <laughs> it was still in the peel, but <laughs> he's tiny. He picked up the whole thing. I was I was very impressed. The banana probably weighs as much as he yeah. does. Yeah, close to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he gets into it, but he's a great dog. Yeah, he's cool. Um. But those teachers, they seen something in me, and they kind of took took light of me. So you know, they moved me up to the to the to the freshman football team, and um, that's when it kind of I picked people on notice that you know I was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I was starting running back and starting outside linebacker, mm-hmm. um, and you know I was scoring three four touchdowns a game, and you know we was really good. Right. But football came and went. And then I finally decided to play basketball. Oh. So they moved me up to freshman basketball team. Mm-hmm. And I was all right. You know, I, I was pretty good. Um, but I started seeing that I was excelling in everything that I could put my mind to. Mm-hmm. Track, I broke all the track records in, in, the, in the school. And I fought by one team, you know. Did you feel like being involved in sports also helped to, because if you knew you were doing something, like, okay, my grades have to be on point. Because it seemed like you're you were doing great when football season was around, but then once back, uh, it helped. It definitely helped because you know you got you can't fail more than two classes. Okay. Um, at any point in the time when when grades are ran. So if I got two two Fs, yeah, and they run grades, I'm done. progress reports, I'm done. Yeah. Until I can show down, put them up. So I've got like the perfect caption for this episode. What? I'm not gonna say it. It's just okay. gonna be displayed. All right. But I've got the perfect caption <laughs> for this episode. Remember it. Um. But you know it worked out. Uh, so, but I don't. I don't think that me being involved, you know, sports just. You know, I think I just loved being a part of something that was bigger than myself. Okay. And knowing that I had people relying on me to do well, and that I didn't want to my, let myself down. Right. Um, that I had to do, and just to make sure I didn't tarnish the reputation my brother built in that school. Mm-hmm. At so. this point, your brother was only playing basketball, though, right? Yeah, my brother was playing basketball. Now he's uh, let's see, at eighth grade, he's a senior high school. Okay. So, you know, now I'm I'm about to go through another major transition because he's about to leave to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's the only one. Yeah. Well, dang. At that point, at that point, he's already in college. He's oh five. Yeah, I was, was going to say he's oh four years older than he's you. Yeah. In so, so he left to go to college, and I'm just like, damn, like, you know, he's coming to school. Um, He's bumming in my games, and you know I'm pitting on, and mm-hmm. it's made you know it made, made, made me feel great. That's nuts. Yeah, it was crazy because I really didn't know how good I was going to be. I just was having fun, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So at the end of the season, um, Coach Pennyfacker, who was the head coach at the time at, at my school, he came up to me. He's like, you know, do you want to come up and play your varsity football? Like, they make varsity football. They come up. Yeah, I'm with it. I want to mm-hmm. play. So he's like, you gotta start lifting weights. So I started lifting with the varsity team. I was there like, we great. go. All right. And so you know, I'm just getting around the fellas. And so you went from 140 to 145. <laughs> so they um they actually started. Fuck you. Because I was I was like at that time I was like 150. Hey, you know what I mean? You ever heard of his third fight? No, uh, <laughs> 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 nah, but um. He 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 asked me and I'm like yeah it's cool so I started lifting weights with them mm-hmm. and um, they tried to fit me at receiver. Uh oh. And the thing that sucks <laughs> is we run a triple option. Mm-hmm. Where do you throw the ball? You don't. Okay. We ran the ball every play. But they fit me at receiver because I was fast. Um, I went against their starting corner. He's a senior. Burned him. Burned him. Burned him. 
It wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, they they still they gave him they gave him shit until that whole season. But my my coach went to West Virginia. Okay. And he was like, do you know who Pat White and Steve Slayton is? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, nah, who who was it? Yeah. Mind you, I probably just watched their game when they played Georgia or somebody mm-hmm. in a in a bowl game, but I didn't know who they were. And it's crazy how you're so into you're so good at the sport, but I but you, you kind of really don't care. care. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't watch football. I'm like getting the same thing here. It's <laughs> like you're just naturally good, but at the same time, it's like, ooh, you know, yeah, like I, I, I did not watch it. I yeah. didn't. I probably watched. So how did you play receiver if you weren't like you like I'm not I don't want to learn plays at that point did you start learning um, plays I just you know they told me with the run I ran okay. it but um when he he came up to me after lifting one day he asked me if I knew who Pat White was mm-hmm. and at that time it was me and my friend Michael mm-hmm. me and my friend Michael Michael's uh, Troy Polamalu's cousin Ooh. so so that's a, that's one of my best friends. If uh, if if you don't know, it's a legendary safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Sorry, just just in case if you didn't know. Anyway, continue. So so you know that's my best friend and what? Yeah, that's my guy. So natural. Um, no, <laughs> but uh, obviously, if that's you said his nephew, his cousin, his cousin. His first cousin uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was one phone call. You know, <laughs> I I actually met Troy once at a pool hall. Mm. Uh, you know, he 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 lives in like La Jolla, I think. He lives in uh man, he lives somewhere out here. It's not La Jolla, but he used to Del Mar. Like, I don't know. I just see, I just seen pictures of his house, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, he was he was playing it on cue billiards in the Mesa. <laughs> 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 He's a regular guy. Yeah, you know, he really is a regular schmegular guy. Yeah, yeah. So we had a, we had a situation where we had two freshmen that were pulling up state varsity. Mm-hmm. No quarterback. Oh, so we had to go into going our freshman year. We had a senior, but didn't know who was going to be his backup. Uh, and we don't throw the ball, so you want your best best athletes on the field. Uh, so he like, I want you to try quarterback. Never tried, never, never, never played quarterback a day in my life. Never took a snap. Mm-hmm. And he threw me in the fire. And you know that first year, I'm I'm, I'm starting corner and doubling back at you know being backup quarterback. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. No. And I was just like, man, I gave it. I was ready to quit. Um, but defense, I was doing pretty well. Yeah. Ended up with twelve interceptions my freshman year. Um, made all everything, all American, all state, you know, all league. And then freshman year, twelve picks. And <laughs> when you were and, playing the backup, and I'm back. just like, yo, like I didn't, I didn't know what to do at quarterback, but I kept learning. And then my sophomore year, I'm like, yo, I gotta learn this because I'm the starter now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everything's riding. I gotta, you know. It sucks when you're an underclassman and you got seniors that you got to play with, and they're they're, you know, relying on you to carry their senior season mm-hmm. to be something special. Yeah, it was hard, a lot of pressure, but man, it was fun because in, tw- in in 2008 was was kind of like we put the league on notice. Okay, that you know me, my homie Preston, Micah, they called us the three headed monsters. Mm-hmm. Ran a triple option, and you know. We we had our biggest test our first game. First game we lost. No, second game we lost against Brazilian. But after that we didn't lose until the playoffs. And I mean I had a th- had a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards passing. Mm-hmm. Mike had a thousand yards rushing. Preston was just everything. Still had five, six, seven interceptions on defense. Um, so things are happening now. At this point in time I didn't have my first scholarship offer from Villanova. Oh. Again, I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what all state was. So 
going into junior year now. It's, it's like, like the guy that shows up and gets in the way. Like, okay, cool. Um, all right, <laughs> let's go. What's for lunch? It, it, that's a, you know, that's what it felt like. And I'm like, man, but it, it was great because I'm going through it with another person. My mm. friend Micah, everybody, we're all getting recruited. So You um, were all state, though, for quarterback or corner? Corner. All state corner? Yeah, corner. I mean, we had, we had a lot of great quarters. The quarterback from Pennsylvania. It was a lot of great quarterbacks. Yeah. But um, so I'm all state for corner. Um, so then my junior year, it's a lot of hype. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of hype where, you know, we ran a league last year, the year before, where we beat, you know, this this quarterback. He went to Purse Valley, but he ended up being a D2 Heisman for D2. You know, he went to Detroit. We killed that team. Um, so now it's like everybody's going, but it's us. So mm-hmm. we got three 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 backs. We got another back who came in, Kayvon, who, who did well. Um, so my junior year, we were on the table. Again, another thousand yard rushing season, four or five picks in the in the, in the season, and we go fourteen and one. We lost in the state semis or something like that. But now this is when you know I'm getting LSU offers and South Carolina and Michigan, Michigan State, every team in the Big East, West Virginia, Pitt, Rutgers, UConn. Um, you know I'm getting offers out of you know out of Mizzou, and there's a lot of offers that I had that I really didn't didn't know about because. Most teams know I didn't want to go far because I had my grandmother who took care of me. I didn't want to leave my Got mom. It. Oh, yep. Um, and and everything. So I was, you know, I, was, I wanted to be, you know, close to home. Yeah. So, um, so that's you know that's you know that's when it happened in my junior year, the summer, July, of my junior year, uh, going into my senior year. That's when you know I committed to the University of Pittsburgh. Before going to West Virginia, so it's crazy. So I was gonna say, wait a minute. Yeah, it was a plot twist. Yeah, I, I ended up going to you know committing. I wanted to be a doctor at that point in time. Oh, wanted to be a pediatrician, and um, so I went there. UPMC is a great hospital, great med school. So I wanted to do it, but at the same time, it's like I'm doing well in school. I'm you know everybody loves me. You know I'm, I'm spending time with the special needs kids and just kind of do everything to kind of build my brand, but at the same time be authentic while doing it. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want any acknowledgement, anything. Um, I helped put together a program in school called SNAP, Student Needs Assistance Program, who people were dealing with bullying, depression, anything. Yeah. We kind of mentored for them. Uh, and was, at this point in time, I think New Boys released You're a Jerk, and that's what was important to me. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was, that oh, was, that was the song yeah, right there. That it was. was. Uh huh. Yeah, um, your your junior year, yeah, it was about 08, 09, maybe. Yeah, that was, yeah, by the time. But that's yeah. So can you see the differences of, you know, important things here? It was for me, it was just um, at this point in time, people knew what I was about as a man more than that. Hmm. And that's what that's what mattered most to me, because I didn't care what I did athletically. That was a lot of growing from eighth to senior year. Yeah. yeah I didn't care how people perceived me. I think that's like more growing than I've done in my life. <laughs> so, here's um, you you grew. Can we, how tall are you? About six four. You grew a lot. That is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. You but <laughs> that's not what I mean. <laughs> wow. But you know, I, and again, you know, it comes down to to. So you went from being the bully, the dude who just beat up Devin. Rest in peace. No, no, De- De- Devin's still here. Devin's still here. Devin's still here. Devin's still here. <laughs> but you know, Devin to, to now being the guy who's. Creating programs for kids who are bullies. Yeah, it was it was, it was amazing because they put me in a good situation where um, I built up a good reputation, did well. Um, they put me with a 
a uh, program called the PHRC, Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission, who we work with the Senate, we work with the uh, NAACP and HUD no and deal. stuff like that. What what is going on right now? <laughs> anyway, okay. So it was, it was amazing because we was just, just and on the side I played football. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was you know that was an added plus, but it's like man, you get to see different things, different problems. <laughs> and I was a, one of the only two reps that were students. Everybody else was like fifty, sixties, and you know people some high 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 ninety students. Hmm. Um, so you know it was great uh, to win a to win an award that was presented by the Senate. You know, my eighth grade, my my senior year, um, it was pretty dope, man. Um, but it kind of, it kind of like, it kind of. But again, it's, I don't do a lot of things for acknowledgments. What is happening? What, what happened was the growth. What happened an was adult, an adult was I born. took the right path, and I had a, a great mentor, my brother. At, at like this point in your life, two years prior to where you are at this point in the story, you were on academic probation. Yeah. Absolutely. You were on a twenty-day suspension. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let's a just lot. let's just say that again for the record, though. You went from that in two years being awarded something from the Senate. Absolutely, because okay. at that point in time, I knew that I couldn't do everything by myself. I didn't have to be macho man. Macho, you know I mean? macho. Well, <laughs> I, oh, okay. Um, I, I guess be the people who macho man. you you want in a minute, but. I guess the, the 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 people who accomplish the most are the ones that talk the least, Maybe. right? So you were kind of more showing up and not talking about showing up. I think the point. kids now say say less. Yeah, say, say less. Less. Say. But yeah. you know, um, great song. Yes. <laughs> for 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 me, it was uh, my actions did the talking for me, and you know people. When you move a certain way and you do the right thing, people take notice to what you do instead of what you say. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was I didn't care about the first fifteen minutes or ten minutes of class going into sociology class. And, you know, I, what I cut, what I cared about was leaving that and going to the lunch, the lunchroom, and go sit down for ten, five, ten, five, ten minutes with the with the special needs kids. That mattered because yeah, it mattered, yeah. because if if I don't acknowledge them, who will? If I don't make them feel the regular, who will? Because, hmm. you know, they eat at a certain table every day. Yep. You know what I mean? They, I, they I totally eat. get that. Yep. So it's like, who who will? But it, it, what it did was it created something where now people are taking notice. And now they're trying to be more involved and reaching out to them and going to say hi and just making it day. You set an example because you, you're probably the coolest guy in school at, at this point, right? Starting quarterback, corner, all-state. Uh, senators know you first-name basis. You're shaking hands. Um, kissing babies. Uh, you're <laughs> kissing babies. You're hanging out with Trina and Trick Daddy. Um, <laughs> what else you do? Yeah. But you know, all and you take the time five, ten minutes, seven minutes, however, however many minutes to hang out with kids who probably don't have any friends, mm-hmm. probably have learning disabilities, mm-hmm. probably might even have physical deformities. You know. Awesome. Do I mean, you, do you take us back to that first time you sat with them, though? Like, what was their reaction? Um, do they think you're gonna beat them up? <laughs> they, they all thought it was gonna beat me up. I thought it was gonna beat me up because my buddy Josh, he was pretty strong. But Josh was strong, man. But he was um, my first time going there. He was one fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> my first time going there. Um, and I'll see them in the hallways and everything. But um, 
kind of knew the DDAs and everything that was always with them because uh, some of them ran track with them. So you build a relationship there. Mm-hmm. But they know who I am just because of, you know, sports and everything. They, they, right. I see them around, I speak to them. But the first day I went there, I go, you know, sit with them. They was like, I don't want to say in shock, but they was like, the, they was the most appreciative people I've ever been around in my life. Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, they don't think that people notice them. Right. So at that point, I was like, you know, I, it's, it's my mission. It's my duty to, to make sure that, you know, they matter. So, you know, any function I went to, I was always, you know, I'd say hi to them. You know, we went to fall ball, took, you know, a lot of pictures with them, prom. I danced with one of them and just like different things, man. Because, you know, it's, it's, they don't get to live the mm-hmm. standard regular life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something's wrong with them. And for me, it mattered to me to, 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 to be around them and to grow and just to understand them. You know what I mean? And, you know, treat them regular because that's all they ever want to do. All right. All right. Should we I move mean, on to college? He's already grown, but. Yeah. So you signed with. Signed with Pitt. Pitt. So Pitt, um, you know, they did. A, uh, when I tell you the, the, their recruiter, man, Brian Angelico, I think he's with like Tampa Bay or something right now or Green Bay as a tight end coach. Um, he was probably one of the best recruiters I've ever been around. And he was consistent. Uh, he made you feel like you mattered. Um, and it just, I didn't get the feel where it was just, oh, we just want you to come here as soon as you get here. It's just it's a different story because that's how a lot of universities are. Right. Well, West Virginia also recruited me well, too. We had Coach Kerlavik. Coach Kerlavik is the most blunt, straightforward guy you'll ever meet in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you watch Next Chance You, I mean, Last Chance You mm-hmm. on Netflix, if you watch coach brown and how direct he is with his players no matter what he says out of his mouth is you know that's how direct coach Kerlab was now he didn't say some disrespectful things like that yeah. Kerlab wasn't like that but he let me know like listen if anything happens you always have a scholarship here you know mm-hmm. he did a very good job recruiting me um so when coach Weinstein was forced to resign um and then they got coach hayward and Coach Hayward came from Miami of Ohio, mm-hmm. and then he got hit with a domestic violence right, case. Right. So I'm like, listen, and I held off. I held off for a long time because I was, I was fully vested in it. Mm-hmm. I had to leave because at that time, I can't go to a program that's been tarnished and disrespected like that and, and be a part of it. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, I turned down offers from Penn State and, and things like that. So um, I ended up calling West Virginia like, listen, you know, I'm I'm coming here, um, and that's you know that was it, and you know I didn't didn't make a big big noise about it until signing day. Oh yeah. Then I finally signed and sent sent in my letter, my LOI, and then that was it. And I ended up ended up in Morgantown, which is you know was the best thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. They didn't throw a big party and then nah. had three hats on there and said, "Listen, bitch, nah, nah. they so, need to." So I um. Your college career was phenomenal. You graduated with a degree. Yep, graduated degree in sociology and anthro. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know what I thought I wanted to do initially. Yeah. Because again, I was fully vested to go into biology and go to med school and things like that. But the reality is, as a college athlete, it's very, very, very hard to Relax. pursue that. Like I, I have so much power, so much respect to those who do, cons- you know, pursue it. You know that or engineering, something that's really time consuming and you know both mentally and, and physically because, you know, that stress can take the toll on your body too, especially when you're, you're working out and going to practice and you think I go do 
Cal 17 or something yeah. like something crazy. Yeah. Um, Averaging four hours of sleep a night. Yeah. So it's yeah. like when you see people doing that, you're like, man, that's a lot. You got a lot of respect for yourself. But me, I wasn't. I didn't know how to balance that out with athletics, weightlifting, studying, and then trying to have a social life as well. Yeah, but you still got two degrees, though, you know, sociology and anthropology. Like, that's crazy. Well, that's, you know, they tied it both in one. But for me, you know, it was interesting to see how society impacts people. And, you know, I kind of, you know, took mm-hmm. notice and, and, and it, it was interesting. Um, but it's like I was doing well. I excelled in it because I was taking care of the little things. So. Um, but my college career didn't start out how it should have. You know, I had a shoulder had a shoulder injury coming into college, had it reactivated, got a surgery my freshman year. Missed my whole freshman year, had to redshirt. Then coming into my redshirt freshman year, I'm beyond I'm being I'm beyond the ball, behind the ball. Because now, you know, coming you into spring ball. Class. Hmm? You got the new recruits that came. New recruits that come. Um and they they was loving they was loving to, to you know, the, the freshman at the time, my homie Ricky and my homie Nana. Um, so they got to do it before me, going with Pat and, and Broderick. Uh, they was the seniors, but me as a senior. So I literally had to claw my way from the bottom, going to the Big 12, first year in the Big 12. Um, so I didn't really see any action until maybe week 10, week 9, 10, going against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going against a powerhouse, Oklahoma. I'm just, you know, for me, I just, I always decided to start doing the right thing. Um, was that Adrian Peterson there? No, no, no. that's when they had uh, Landry Jones, oh. um, Kenny Seals. Uh, who else? They had, they had a really good team. Um, but we got thrown. I got thrown in the fire. Mm-hmm. But I kind of, you know, noticed some things. We had a coach, Coach Robert. Um, don't want to say he's a bad coach, but I just don't, you know, he wasn't the right fit for that position for us. Oh. Great guy, great guy, great family. Um, he had us over a lot. I can never say a bad thing about him as a person. Okay. But for, as a coach, for me personally, um, it just wasn't the right fit to get us to play at the level that we can play. I'm not saying that he can go somewhere, he can go somewhere else and, and, and do anything. I mean, the, the guy's a genius. He, he graduated from Harvard Law. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's very smart. He's very, very hardworking. Um, but... Then again, that more adversity hit us. So I started. I, I became a starter from that home game for the rest of the season. Sophomore, freshman, freshman, yeah. So I'm not that adversity hits. We played against uh, Syracuse in the Penn Bowl. Okay. Maybe middle of the first quarter, maybe a second or third drive. Mm-hmm. I go out and we make make a tackle on the running back, and my my cleat gets stuck in the ground. Huh. Mind you, we playing on soft turf. Soft turf is 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 wet, and I tore my ACL. Oh, come on. You don't come back from that. Yeah. So my ACL. Um, so now it's like, damn, hurt again. Um, worked so hard to come back from the shoulder. Now got to worry about this knee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got surgery in January 18th. And when I tell you it's the most, you know, cruel rehab ever, yeah. it, was, it was terrible. I mean, I was in pain. Um, I felt bad for anybody that was helping me because I was just an asshole. Um, but you know, my trainers did well. Um, we had the best strength strength staff in the, in, the, in the country. You know, Mike Joseph and his staff, uh, him, Gerald Bauer, uh, Chad Snodgrass, Coach McCadam. Um, they were great. You know, they got me right. You know, Daryl, he's the one kind of changed my mindset mm-hmm. um, as far as how how to work. Right. And you know, it, it you know he trained me, and I didn't really I didn't really like working out with anybody else but him because he pushed me to another level. 
So um, you double red shirt or no? Uh, so what can, what can happen is um, you can get a regular red shirt and if something where you miss like your senior year, junior year, something oh, okay. like that, or something like that, that really affects you, you can get like a medical red shirt or a gray shirt or something like that. Um, but I didn't need that. Okay. So I get back after spring. Now we're going, you know, it's another class, and now we're going against the Kevin Whites and um, the Brockers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I come out. Everybody's telling him, like, oh, I'm a technician. Da, 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 da. So he wants to go against me. I'm in a knee brace. First play back. First play back in the field. He throws a fade, and I can't even get it. Like, he, he takes off. He, he takes off. Touchdown easy. So to kind of mess with my mental, because, you know, you can go through a six-month rehab process, but the mental part is where it's hard to get back. Yeah. So that's when I started, you know, we had another coach, Coach Brian Mitchell. He's now with uh, Virginia Tech. Um, so in the span of three years, you went through how many coaches now? So I started off with Coach Locke. Oh, yeah. Then we went from Coach Lockwood to um, Coach Roberts. Mm -hmm. Then we went from Coach Roberts to Coach Mitchell. So I had three coaches throughout college. Okay. Last one was good. Right. Um, last one was the best one. He went to BYU. Then he stayed went, a while. And then he got, then he went to uh, play with the Falcons and stuff like that. So he had a lot of lot of you know knowledge. But for him, it was more so how can I help Terrell Jefferson, the person, okay. the student, the athlete. The athlete was last. Because that, that's that's the that's you know the little things and you know being a good person is is, is you know when you're in a big university it's the hardest thing because you it's easy to get into everything. The student is you know. Whoever came to school, be a student athlete. You're, you're getting a free education. If you blow it, if you're not a first round draft pick, second round draft pick, and you don't come out of there with a degree, and you go, you know, not to say that people don't make it afterwards, but that's people that's getting guaranteed money. If you don't take advantage of setting yourself up for life after football, where you can set up and and, and be the example right. for your future children to you know do this and pursue this and take care of the little things. You got the best of both worlds. Something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, my coach, you know, you know, he was great. He taught me a lot of great techniques. So I, I started really learning how to break down film, working my techniques on how to how to stop receivers. And um, you know, season came around mm -hmm. and I wasn't ready. Hmm. So I went to my coach and I'm like, listen, like, you know, um, I'm in tears because I'm competitive. I'm like, listen, like, I'm I'm not ready to be out there. I don't want to put any bad film out there. I don't want to hurt the team. Because now I'm putting the team before me. Put me on any special team. Put me on all special teams. And and I'll earn my keep there. But I'm not ready to be out there to play corner. I'm just not. Hardest decision I got to make. But it's the right one because now they seen that I was a team first guy. And, you know, I'm excelling on all, all special teams. Kickoff, punt return, kick return, you know, kickoff. And so now they're learning to can trust me. So going into my junior year, um, my very first senior year, well, my very first junior year is when everything started to shift. Mm -hmm. um, second year with Coach Mitch. And great off season. You know, I'm probably up to around like 189. Oh, what's up, Joe? 189? <laughs> <laughs> like probably up to like 189. Um, and I had, a, I had a pretty good spring. Um, and I had to had to had to compete against Icky and and, and um, Rod and and Trav Bell. So uh, it was it was it was pretty intense because they're all upperclassmen, and I was the only underclassman besides my only Daryl Worley who already had his his side locked. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I still got Ricky Bronson and Manakira, 
um, who are, are very capable as well. So right. I'm like, just I have to, I have to like, waiting you know, for you to sweat. fall. So I had a, I had a great camp, a really good camp, and I didn't know what was going to happen, but I know I was making a lot of plays, and you know, that's what it was. So we opened up the game, opened up the year with Alabama, and Alabama's a powerhouse. Everybody knows that. And they gave me a nod, they gave me a start. And from there, I've been stacked. And it kind of like, you know, it was a snowball effect. I was making plays against them, so I knew I could play with the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was great. And I was just, you know, just leading and, and trying to be the best I can. And just, you know, um, continue to take care of the little things off the field, you know, volunteering and doing things like that. But as a player, that's, you know, that's when it took off. And, and you know, we was ranked in the country. We played against TCU, we lost, but, you know, going against a talent like that, and, you know, I had a, had a defensive touchdown, strip six, and, mm-hmm. you know, the college game day was there. So it kind of it kind of took off there, but now people know who I am right. going into my senior year. So now the hype's there where we have Carl Joseph, who was a first-round pick. We have Nick Wachowski, who was a fourth-round pick. We have Darrell Worley, who was a third-round pick. We have you know, on offense, we had Wendell Smallwood, who was a fifth-round pick. K.J. Dillon, who was a fifth-round pick. Um, let's see, we had, man, we had a lot of people. I think that year, there was only five that got drafted, mostly out of my class. Mm-hmm. But of the 22 seniors we had, you know, 19 of us went to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But we put people on notice because the senior year, we led the, led the conference in the country in, in, in interceptions. Um, so we, we did well, man. It's just like no matter how much adversity I went through, you know, it just, I just didn't let it define me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and people just don't understand, like, you know, I don't know how you did it. It's like, I have no choice. This is who I am. Yeah. You know, it's not about what happened. It's how I can bounce back. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what kind of, you know, that's what kind of helped me right there. And I was just, you know, when you look back at what happened to me when I was a child, um, kind of shaped or to be able to overcome anything that was ever thrown at me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily I was blessed to, to live out a dream that I didn't know was a dream because I didn't have any goals to really go to the NFL. You know, after, col- after college was, uh, you know, college. I'm like, yeah, so because th- <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of an interesting story, right? So you graduate college, like you finish out your senior year, mm-hmm. and then you place yourself on free agency – and then you get picked up that way, right? Yeah, so it's like, uh, so for me, it was, um, you know, you go through the draft, seven round. Um, you know, the pre-draft process was just cool. I, uh, you know, met with, with many teams, and, you know, I had maybe 15 teams call me during the pre-draft, make sure they got the right numbers and stuff like that. Um, but I think for me, it was just that I had the injury history. That's why I really didn't draft it, because it wasn't that fantastic. It was just that. Like Bonnie Lee Clark, his number was still good. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Carfax. <laughs> so, um, so I, I understood that. So, um, again, I wasn't really worried about playing football after. I was yeah. ready, like, man, I'm going to be a coach. Uh, I think I'll be a pretty damn good coach mm-hmm. um, to be able to help these kids, not just with football, but, but with life. Right. Because of that last coach. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's, 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 he's done something to me that – he did something to me that no other coach has since I was in high school. And, you know, he just took an interest of me as a person. And it wasn't just me. It was everybody that he, you know, he touched. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that stood out for me with him was, you know, one of my one of my academic counselors was like, oh, you're not going to class. I'm like, listen, I get up every morning at 6.30 to go lift with, with Mike. 
class at eight. Lifts at lifts an hour. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta take a shower, eat, eat and it's mandatory. Mm-hmm. And then walk from here to Evansville campus, which is in the cold, it's gonna turn on. In the hot in the heat, it's gonna be like, all right, we're gonna get there, we're gonna get over with. Yeah. They're like, Oh, you can do it in fifteen minutes. Say fifteen minutes. Uh-huh. Okay. My coach my coach put on his jacket and walked with me into the class and seen that it was no way possible that I'll get there on time. No way possible. And I can get there, but you get eye catchers to take attendance. I'll miss the attendance question. Mm-hmm. And then, so technically, I'm not there. So I dropped the class. But he realized, like, by him doing that, he was able to go jump the bat. He was willing to go to bat for us, um, even though nobody else was. Yeah. You know, he took a chance on me knowing that the other coaches didn't want me to, t- you know, didn't want me to be there um, because they just didn't know. It wasn't that they didn't think I could play. They just didn't know if I'd be durable enough. Yeah. And, you know, my coach with the bag, like, listen, I'm going to play the best person, and he's the best person. So he inspired me to want to, you know, get a coaching or just want to be, you know, inspire others as far as, you know, that life aspect and doing little things. Yeah, there's life besides football. Yeah, absolutely. So when when I when I had the year I had and I, you know, worked hard, had a, had a pretty solid pro day, mm-hmm. um, I put myself in good position to, hey, why not give it a shot? Right. And you know, I was getting calls in the fifth round, sixth round, kids wanted to take me. But again, other needs and it's just like what else? You know what I mean? So um after the draft happens, you know, trying to figure out what's next, because you as a free agent, you get to dictate where you want to go. As long as the team wants you, you get to dictate it, dictate that. So I felt the best bet was to come out here to San Diego and be with the Chargers because, you know, none of their corners were six two. You know, they had Jason Garrett, they had Brandon Flowers, who was all five eleven. Yeah, know, Flowers. Six foot. Yeah, and so, Jammer. <clears throat> Jammer way way lower. Okay, he was going by then. Um, so, so it was the best interest to me, the best possibility for me to make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had my other homie Trev, who's still with them now. He was in my draft class. Um, you know, came out here with my homie Shaq. He was a linebacker. He came from West Virginia too. But you know, it was um, you know, more adversity. So I came out here. Um, Rookie minicamp happened, and you know, in the NFL you have true walkthroughs. Mm-hmm. It's not like a jog through or in college you got to walk through with a slow pace. You got a true walkthrough. We had a tryout guy come in, and he took off hundred miles per hour. <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, yeah, you can't just let somebody run past you on film. It mm-hmm. makes you look bad. Mm-hmm. So I took off, pop my hamstring. Oh come on! All right, all right, right, all right. So hamstring done. First day of camp. So it was like it was like the third day. Um, it was like third day of third day of rookie minicamp. So it wasn't a big deal, you know. We we rehabbed and everything. I just you know didn't go through much of the OTAs. I just did a lot of film, picked up the playbook pretty fast. Um, I missed the first day because you know you gotta go through physical rehab, uh, physical X-rays, yeah. MRIs, and stuff like that. And I, I I missed the first day, so I went in the next morning, looked at film, looked at the playbook, and I picked it up like that, and. You know, at that point, he was, like, asking people about the nickel position. And, you know, I was answering the questions faster than them. So they put me at the nickel, too. So I was doubling back at corner and nickel. So I was rehabbing, rehabbing, rehabbing. So we come down to mandatory minicamp. I'm participating in everything. I wanted to make sure I got on film so I'm not going to still move. And um, so they wouldn't release me. And so they let us off the whole month of July. Uh, whole month of July. So this is in June. The whole month of July, you really get off before you come back to camp. 
So I go home, still rehabbing, rehabbing, being around my family at this point. Uh, my grandmother, she was uh, fighting, you know, she had beat cancer twice, and then she had developed COPD. Mm. And so she she's like in a very bad state, and she, but she's still uplifting. She's yeah. still doing pretty well. Just need oxygen with her and everything. Yeah, of course. So I'm trying to spend my time with her. So, um, you know, we go through there. I'm training everything, doing well. I'm feeling great. Going back to camp, feeling really good. I fly back um, on the 28th of July because I'm back here. So I go from Philly to to, to Chicago, and it's storming there, mm-hmm. storming. So I call the travel guy. Uh, for the Chargers, I'm like, listen, my flight got delayed, got delayed again, got canceled. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What are we going to do? So he's like, there's another airport in Chicago that has a departure time at this time. We can get you on there. How far is it away from O'Hare? 35, 40 minutes. I'm going to miss that flight. So I'm I'm, I'm like, listen, you got to figure something out. Get me accommodated in the room or whatever. And you know, he's just stalling on it, stalling, stalling, stalling. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people at the airport. They gave me to, gave me a flight from Arizona. I mean, from, from Chicago to Arizona, um, maybe midnight. Uh-huh. So we take off. I get to Arizona at midnight. Mind you, ate one time there. Had maybe a bottle of water or two. I that I had to last through the whole night. So I get to Arizona at twelve. I'm like, man, I'm not sleeping in the airport because you never know somebody got to take your bag. And so I'm sitting in the airport and. I make the call to for an hour. Flight takes off at six thirty. I get landed. I land in uh, San Diego at seven fifty-five. So I'll be at the facility by like eight thirty for oh, weighing. Come on, <laughs> for weighing. So I can't sleep. I'm hungry. Got to go physically weigh in. Then in the weigh-ins, if you're overweight, you got to pay six hundred dollars a pound. That's your overweight. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, damn. I was heavy too. I was like one eighty-seven. How did they base your weight on? From your opening day weight, and then they gotta oh, give okay. you a weight of what you can come back from. Okay. At. So I'm like, damn, like, I didn't want to be that guy that's like, damn, I didn't even make the money really yet, and I gotta pay y'all money. I can't do it. Um, so I make weight. I finally get to eat. <laughs> I finally get to eat. And at that point in time, my stomach so shrunk that I didn't really, I wasn't really hungry, but I had to force myself. Right. But I'm more tired than anything, so we got meetings all day. And first practice at 8 o'clock the next morning, so I got meetings all day. We don't get out of there until 8, 9 o'clock. So I go home, I go in there, I call my family, let them know I'm good. Finally go to sleep, wake up at 6.30, maybe early in the night, 6.30. Like, I come in, get loose and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm dehydrated. I'm not putting the best situation. Um, and tight. So we're going through warm-ups. I told, told uh, James. Told James, who's the head of the train at the time. Told, um, what's his name? Forget his name. This other trainer. Yeah, I'm feeling tight. Told Marco, I'm feeling tight too. Help me stretch out. Get mm-hmm. it loose. Um, they just said, keep moving, keep moving. So I'm going through, the, going through warm-ups, going through DB drills. I'm going to the team. And my homie Don Williams, he ran a post corner. And I sat on the post. But I was in good position to do a, you know, do a speed turn mm-hmm. and stay on top of it. My sped turn, I stepped hamstring on top again. Same thing, same one. Worse than the first time around. So it's a business. Yeah, yeah. So I get hurt. I get, you know, they called me off the field just because it was just terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's like a pretty severe uh, strain, almost strain. Yeah. Um, it's a business. The way he ended. So now I'm like, okay. So. 
they bring in another person the next day. That's how much I've been in the business so far. So now I'm like this, okay. Gotta get rehab and like okay, so now it's like this is my number one thing because I gotta be able to get healthy so I can go make another kid. Yeah. So they try to get me to settle because this is what they try to do. They they try to you get hurt mm-hmm. and they waive your injury. They try to get you to settle on like okay, let's say we think you're gonna take four weeks. It's gonna take you four weeks to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Four weeks in the postseason is how much. I mean four se- four weeks in the preseason is how what four thousand dollars. Okay. I'm not gonna not be healthy and just settle and say I'm healthy and take four thousand dollars because I wasn't injured before I got here. Right. So it's your job to get me healthy. So I went to another. I went to a second opinion. They said it's gonna take you eight or nine weeks. Oh shit. So, um, so they do that and everything. So, um, during this time, this was you know around September. Um, fifty three man roster is gonna keep paying my price, so I came out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm still good because I'm on IR. They can't release me if I'm on IR if I'm not healthy. And don't pass the physical. Um, September 14th, that's when my grandmother passed away. So I'm like, damn, it's like a, a double whammy because I'm hurt. I got, got released technically, but I'm still on the team. Mm-hmm. Then my grandmother passed away. So the morning that it happened, I remember, like, it was just, you know, got the phone call. So I'm like, you know, I'm still going to go in and do rehab. But I was just so out of it. Right. That I told, I told, um, told him that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I can't do it. I'm just, you know, I just can't do it. And I told him I was going to leave town. Um, so they try to use that. They try to use that as their advantage. To not pay you to cover. They try to use that advantage. Like, listen, you know, instead of instead of you, you know, keep flying back and forth, why don't you sign this paperwork saying, you know, and, and, and we can part ways. You'll get paid for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And we can part ways. So I called my agent. Like, this is what they're trying to do. Yeah. He said, no, we're not doing that. So I go home. I go home and uh, just for the weekend, just be with my family. And I come back that Monday, go back to rehab, everything still, you know, still messed up. Right. Um, and then I got to fly back out for the funeral, right. try to do it again. And I'm like, yo, this like, I understand it's a business, but you got to have some type of empathy. Just like y'all never lost somebody. Right. Or is that you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So for y'all to try to be on that type of time, it's it's crazy. That's when, and yeah. that's where I lost a lot of respect for the trainers like James. He he really put a bad taste in my mouth for, for that in a, in that program. Even though I still got a lot of good friends that play there, but for for them to do that as an organization, you know, understand it's a business. Yeah. Understand you don't want to keep paying people, but at the same time, when you know somebody lost somebody that pretty much raised them, and you know the situation, yeah, and you try to get me signed off, knowing I'm not healthy, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So I get back from the funeral. Um, so they you know just trying to do things. I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm not. No, I'm doing everything they ask me to do, compliance and everything. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're just, you know, they they flip the script. They they you know, they try to say, Oh, he said this, I'm that this mm-hmm. never said anything to about consensus. I just said I'm not right. Right. So they're trying to do things, I'm doing everything they ask me. And then they bring me in, they they lifted my leg <laughs> to see how much you know range I had. Then they, they took me upside upstairs to Ed's house, uh, Ed's office and that's when they released me. Like, okay, this is not gonna be so right. I was there for a couple of weeks uh, for you know the season, and I'm like, okay, cool. Call my agent. He's like, okay, we're gonna get another second opinion. This time it's gonna be through NFLPA. We're gonna file a grievance, and that's what we did. So you know they 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 released me. I'm still grieving the, the death of my, of my of my of my grandmother, and so I decided to go back to school, and you know finish working on my master's and. Um, I got with Mike Joseph and his strength staff, and I started, you know, working towards becoming a strength coach. Um, but I didn't give myself enough time to 
really cope and grieve. My, my grandma's death was just business as usual, right. but it took a toll on me, and I started feeling like very depressed. Um, you know, I was and I, I was with Annie at the time too, so um, it was like, you know, trying to balance a, a long distance relationship, and you know, it was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, you know, stuff that happened that that was just like it was just a bad situation. So it's like, you know, trying to stand. So she like, you know, it, and it wasn't fair to her. You know, mm-hmm. try to have a distant relationship in West Virginia, yeah. and she's in California. So she's like, "Listen, I can't be in this relationship if you're going to be all the way out there. You right. see what it is. Like, you got to make up your mind." So, it was like I said, West Virginia, and just continue to soak in something, go home, and just be another person that made it out and just came right back, or come out and chase something I really want and that's happening. So I took the bet on myself, even if that meant leaving something and being uncomfortable. And, and that's what I did. And, you know, the rest is good history. So, you know, I came out here and just took a leap of faith. And it, and it worked out. But, you know, no matter how much I went through, it's more adversity came. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know it's not going to stop, right? Adversity never stops, man. That's my yeah. nemesis. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's just something you got you to gotta continue to deal with. And I was out here for a year. Um, I was out here for a year or so from... Um, 2017, then 2018, and then, um, you know, everything seems to be going well. You know, I went and got a job at, you know, at, at LPF Financial. And, you know, it's just cool. It's a good, great company, good business to work for, and they help you get licensed and everything if you want to be a financial advisor. But, you know, everything was going well. I'm like, dang, that's just, you know, going well. I'm happy. You know, everything's good. And then June 10th, my brother passed away. My oldest brother, my other brother. So, um, how? Uh, he had, he had, um, struggled with epilepsy. Um, didn't know oh. what it, what the cause was until after he passed. Um, you know, he ended up having heart disease, but you know, he's 31 years old. That's very, so young. Very young. That's Absolutely. young. Yeah. Very shocking too. Cause I just like, um, talked to him every day. So when I got that call, it just messed my whole world up because that's my best friend. That's my mentor. That's my. That was my father figure for my life. Good boy. You know what I mean? So when I got that call, I'm just like, you know, I'm panicking. She was in, Annie was in Barcelona. She was away for, you know, for her study abroad. So I'm like, you know, it's crazy. So I flew home and I just, you know, it's like, life took a new, a new meaning to me now. It's not about, you know, it's not about the time of life you live, but what you do with that time while you live it. And, you know, it kind of made me look at things like, okay, I've been through so much. Why am I not using my story to influence or inspire somebody else? Because it's always, you know, again, back to what I said earlier, I always like to do something that represents a bigger picture than myself. Yeah. And what better way to honor those who took interest in me and, 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 and help me out than to reciprocate what they did to me? You know what I mean? You know, my brother's funeral, he filled up a church. Yeah. You know what I mean? Both sides. And the, the best thing about him was nobody could say a negative thing about him. So it's like, for me, I was just like, man, like, how can I honor him? How can I continue to make him proud? How can I make my other brother proud? How can I make my grandmother proud? Oh, wow. Oh, it, it took a lot of losses, man. It's, it's like, but again, it started from, from birth. It's like, I was born into a situation that was unfavorable for your average child. But, you know, it's not about that. It's about how you take it 
how you apply the life lessons and, and make something out of yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I look out here and it just it blows my mind because I know San Diego's paradise. I know it's rough places in here, but I just can't. It, it doesn't make sense to me when I see people out here that have it all and want to go down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why? Life means nothing other than opportunity. So what are you going to do with the, the opportunity of living in one more day? What are you going to do with it one more day? Don't worry about tomorrow. That's the only best day because you get it. Yeah. Don't worry about yesterday because it already happened. What what you gonna do right now? With those with those with the opportunities that you have. That's how I just say, and that's how I try to live my life, man. It's like, how can I better somebody more than they were the day before? How can I make myself better? That's what it, that's what it's always been about. I never. And it, and it's I guess it's kind of like. This is dumb, but I've never been put in a situation where I had to be selfish for myself. But me being selfish is helping others because that's what I would love to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're you. It, it's it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> no, like, no, it's not. It, like you know, if 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 your drug is helping other people, then you deciding to do that for yourself and excluding other options that you could spend your time. Yeah, absolutely. Is being selfish, but then in turn you're helping people. But it's really for yourself. Yeah, exactly. The end result is you helping. People. Absolutely, because it's like man, I tell people all the time. It's like, oh, you, you know, there's no so there's no secret. Like we can Google everything. Like my contract in the NFL is worth over a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? I could have I could have been well off. Contract money is not guaranteed in the NFL, especially when undrafted. But it's like you can do you can make a million dollars doing anything. You can make a hundred million dollars and still be unhappy. Yes. Yeah. And still be unhappy. Yeah. But if I can fulfill my my destiny, my purpose in life to help others and make a, an impact, a lasting impact, and leave my legacy that's going to be felt for forever, then fuck a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's that's just what it is. You know, money is not everything to me. No, not even close. You know what I'm saying? If I can continue close. to make my family proud, continue to make myself proud, and build an empire. And I'm gonna do that, but I'm taking it. I'm taking it. But you know, for me now, it's the time to take a bet on myself, to 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 bring everything and put everything into you know fruition. Well, I mean, after after hearing your story, um, if there's anything that I've learned about you, is that you don't take any life lessons for granted. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever adversity you've seen recently, or whatever you're gonna see in the near future. I know that the choices you make as a person are going to be for the benefit of yourself and the people around you. Absolutely. I've got, like, so much faith in you just as a person. I appreciate that, man. It's, you know, I know adversity is going to have more faith outside of him outside softball field. Or? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, he, he kills it softball. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's been the only person on our team to hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. Robert just hit one this past weekend. But, um, Did but he? Yeah, he hit one. Yeah, there were. They were like, to, oh, okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, well, he's the only one who bombed one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but so, it, it, you know, it's fun, man. It's just, you know, I just like to do different things. And, you know, like I said, it's just, it's not about me anymore. Yeah. It's never been. Well, but yeah, you could, you, right out of the get go in high school, you, you yeah. found out it wasn't about you because you took time to spend time with other people. Yes. When you were the man. But you're like, no, let's, 
Well, before we uh, sign off here, can you tell us like if you're working on any current projects that we should look out for, or if you have anything popping, like maybe a podcast or anything um, like that? <laughs> that see me, I want to get a podcast going. I want to do start doing videos. I do daily videos on my uh, Instagram now, yes. just to just to see the type of responses I get and just see where it where it can go. Um, because again, I have a story. Everybody has a story, mm-hmm. but you know, I think my story would resonate with a lot of people. Um, I think so too. And and just you know, for them to understand, like, just because something happens, you're not down and out. Yeah. You know what I mean, look at you. Hey, you know, a but, lot happened. But you know, again, it's like me. I try to I try to make myself understand that there's somebody out there doing way worse than I am. Yeah, always. So, and there's somebody that wants what you have. Exactly. So it's vice versa. So you know, for me, you know, to be able to just continue to share my story, that's that's what it's about. Because, you know. That's something I want to do for a living, but it's also therapeutic for myself. Right. Because I get to say things and cook things and speak it. You mm-hmm. know, I can talk to my girl all day about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to continue to share it and to speak it, and maybe it's, I don't care if it's one person, I did my job. Yeah. If I can change one person, I did my job. You know, um, I think it's going to be more than one person, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm pretty I, sure it's I'll already been, that. yeah, I'm pr- pretty sure it's been at least. At least two, which is more than one. So <laughs> yeah. And you, know, you still have the rest of your life. As well. Yeah, man. It's just, you know, the thing is, is um, for me, people know some of my story. You know, people try to do a, articles in the paper for me. Mm-hmm. But they never really heard the full story from my mouth. I tried Googling you. I didn't find much. Yeah, because I don't tell them much. Yeah. Because I only tell them because I was always so scared about my family. Right. And I didn't want to put them out there in a the situation mm-hmm. because... I don't know if they're comfortable, but at this point in time in my life, it's not about being comfortable anymore. You gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yep. Mm-hmm. And accept the cards that you're dealt. Yeah. And really look at where you come. Like, I'm so proud of my mom because she's hit rock bottom and dug her way out that hole yeah. and made something out of herself. And, you know, not a lot of people can, can say that. Right. You know, not a lot of people can say, listen, I raised. You know, I made my mistakes. I've learned from them, and I've raised some amazing children. You know, yeah, I had some losses along the way. She lost both her sons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's just like, you know, when you see somebody do that, it's hard not to be inspired. You know, so, mm-hmm. and, you know, so that's kind of been my, my MO for me because, you know, I know my mom hurts. I know I, I'm hurting because I lost my brother. But I try to put myself in her shoes. Oh, yeah, and, that's... And, those are her babies. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? So I try yeah. to put myself in her shoes and trying to be more empathetic than, than ever. So, um, you know, that's a, that's kind of, you know, again, it, it helps me sharing my story. Sure, sharing my story helps me a lot. And, you know, that's kind of why I want to, you know, who knows, hopefully this helps me take it off yeah. and, and, and move forward in the right direction where, you know, I can make that impact and, and partner with some programs from foster cares and, you know, do things like that, like, well, I know that, you know, if if anything comes up with you in the future, we want to have you back on and we want to talk about your projects and then, you know, have some follow-up questions. And anything that you do, if you send us the info, we'll also plug it. You know, if you have a fundraiser or if you have, like, um, an adoption event or anything like that that you're yeah. hosting or that you're participating with, yeah. we will definitely do our part yeah, in making sure that, that word gets out. Joe will do it all. Joe's a whiz, like... You know, no marketing whiz. No, <laughs> Tony will do it. He's the marketing. Whiz. All right. Yeah. No, he just doesn't absolutely take over. not. No, 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 no. And you no. know the day like this podcast will go like 
marketed big time is when Joey takes over the marketing. Whatever no. your ways. Let me See, know. <laughs> where where can the people find you? Go ahead and plug your Insta. If you have a YouTube, if you have you know Facebook or whatever portals you use. Um, so for me, I'm on Insta at Terrell C16, and then uh, on Twitter at Chester. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, we we want you back on sometime soon if you have any upcoming projects. When, when you start your own podcast, I expect to be a guest and so is oh, Tony. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to continue to pick your brand, man, because this is different being yeah. like just talking to a mic and, you know, but it's like, man, y'all got, y'all got something going, man. Y'all doing something great um, for me. That's all this guy. Yeah, yeah. man, because telling you because it, it's crazy that you say you know like i was telling you at the park the other day like you kind of took this path because i was thinking about it like mm-hmm. a month ago like man i got a lot of friends in nfl that people would love to hear the stories about how they got to where they are yeah, yeah. the trials and tribulations and everything but it's like man it's like yeah i got something special man it's anything uh, any way i can help y'all man just let me know because everything i know a lot of people you know you know what i'm i'm always afraid of when when i think of stuff like that is not only do people you know want to hear struggle stories and success stories and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but just like you said earlier there might be that one person who needs to hear it and if you don't release your content if you don't release your story have your friends stories you know then that person will never hear what they need to hear and they'll never you know get that inspiration or that motivation or so you kind of have a duty you know to do this for people who otherwise can't absolutely somebody's got to do it yeah, why not? It's like, man, it's just it's going to be done, and mm-hmm. you know, again, man. So it's all about making an impact, man. Because you know, I just thought about Russell Westbrook when you said, "Why not?" Just <laughs> 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 you know, it's dope, man. I, I, again, I appreciate you having me on. We man. appreciate no, you, thank man. you. Yeah, it's only beginning, man. It's only beginning. Yes, it, it's, it's only the beginning, and shit, man. This is our first two-hour podcast. Hey, <laughs> that was. I mean, that was that gold. Was worth it. That was gold that was, every minute. I'm glad that so. was it. I'm glad that story was two hours yeah. long because there's other stories that I would have been mad if, if if like you would have cut stuff out. Like we, yeah, we just, yeah, yeah. No, I. Oh, yeah. great. Good man. If you like this, guys, please share it on your IG. Tag us all. Let us know. Let us know. And as always, just keep spreading the word. Let people know about us and any upcoming guests. Send them our way. We love y'all. Love you. Peace. <laughs>